Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Hey, Dub Talk, what do you want for your anniversary? Uh, I can tell you things that we don't want because we already have them. The Dub Talk podcast contains adult situations and themes and strong language. So if you don't like those things, mute, 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 mute. Uh, Also, this episode in particular may have some trigger warnings, so just letting it out there because, you know, wait, what was I talking about? Tadabanri? Tadabanri. (laughs) The Dub Talk podcast also contains spoilers for any and all anime, including an especially Golden Time. So if you haven't seen those, you better get on that, especially just go watch Golden Time if you haven't seen it already. You'll probably need that one in order to understand what's going on. And lastly, the opinions and statements throughout affect the individual participants and do not reflect Dub Talk as a whole. You know, it's just us, not everybody else. And I just wanted to say, oh God, I forgot again. Tada, Tada Bonri, Tada, Tada Bonri, Aisteru, I, I love you. <laughs> Happy anniversary, Dub Talk. What's happening, friends, fans, and fam? And welcome to another episode of the Dub Talk podcast. This is a show where a group of hopeless romantics and possible amnesiacs get together to talk about the latest and greatest of English anime dubs. Wait, what were we talking about? You said you wrote oh, this out. Oh, Tada. Right, now. I, d- okay? I did. I, I'm, Tada. I've, I've got, I've got it right here. Tada Bonri. Tada Bonri. I told you not to go on that bridge again. <laughs> Didn't you pay attention to Sleepy Hollow? Never go to the <laughs> no. bridge. Listen, there's no headless. headless horseman involved. We're fine. We're not going to die. There's a headless someone Yet. in this show, and I would like to have some words about her. <coughs> God damn it. Ten. Tonight is the last of our Dub Talk five-year anniversary episodes. So did we... I know! Did we save the best for last? Heck no! Heck yeah. No, rude! I'm sorry, we climax kind of early with gunsmith cats. I I don't think anyone's going to argue that. Listen here. Hashtag Noah is over party. My name is Gigi, and I will let you be the judge of that, gentle listeners, as I take you down that sweet, sweet road of love whilst having a chat about the 2013 anime Golden Time that received a brand new dub from Sentai Filmworks in December of 2019. Joining me in that tunnel of love tonight are my car ride friendship zone buddies, Stephanie. Hello, everyone. Andrew. I'm going to film you on this O camera. I'm surprised that Andrew isn't over yet right now and it's Noah today instead. And Noah Clue. So, should I wear the loose butchy swimsuit or this nice tight Speedo I've been saving for just this occasion? Oh, Speedo. Noah, you have no ass. Speedo. Speedo. (laughs) That's beside the point. Notice, friends, that I did not comment on that. Just because you're right doesn't mean you should say it. Just because you're right does not mean you're correct, Andrew. I will say the truth and they will give me a medal for it. God damn it. Who will be canceled in this episode of Dub Talk? Stay tuned to find out. Like, we'll give you a hint. It's likely it's there's a 50% chance you're going to get it right. That's true. 
<laughs> you know, the, the good thing about being canceled is that 20 years later, they'll just reboot you for with the nostalgia factor for uh, the, the, no. the older audience. Once you're canceled in this situation, you're fucking canceled. <laughs> All right. Well, before we cancel anyone and before we walk across that bridge that may or may not change the rest of our lives, <laughs> let me tell you why I chose Golden Time as the anime that meant a lot to me. Please do. I've actually and been very I'll be curious. Re- well, I'll be real with y'all. It was actually my second choice. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, we, we uh, know that one. <laughs> my, my first choice was an anime that was once licensed in English, but is no longer streaming and entirely out of print to purchase. I'll give you one hint as to what it was, and then I'll reveal it later in the episode because... Dun, dun, dun. It's it, it has a very vague connection to Golden Time. So I, uh, I knew I wanted to do an episode on Golden Time as soon as the dub was announced, though, because it is part of the holy trinity of J.C. Staff romance anime that also includes Toradora, not a fan, and the pet girl of Sakurasso, huge fan. Hmm. Luckily, I watched Golden Time before the other two, and I was hooked. I watched it right around when I started up my YouTube channel. <laughs> and man, I didn't know it at the time, but this was the type of anime I would build my brand around. It is a pinnacle example of shoujo trash. All the melodrama, the angst, the lovable characters. And who knew I'd be talking about it all these years later? Surprise, huh? But my other, yeah, but my other anime did not get a license rescue. And so here we are it, today, it, it, fam. Admittedly, the deal was when we were picking shows before um, 2020 started, Jiju's like, I'm going to do Golden Time. However, if this magically gets rescued this year, this is the show we're doing. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, that's fair. But then after a few months, it was like, okay. <laughs> Probably Golden Time. I, it was down to the I one. held out until about June. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad it didn't get rescued this year, but hopefully in the future. There's well. been a lot of white Honestly, whales in the year 2020. So you no, never for- know. For, for context for everyone, we are recording this the day after Discotech had a big announcement for oh, uh, like true. seven or eight new things that they had licensed. And I think it was like Kadocha, Kadocha. and Grimm's Fairy Tale Classics. Yay. Yeah. I know. I can't wait. Kenichi yeah. was wait. rescued. Black Rock Shooter is now a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> so, but unfortunately, Kadocha. Yeah, Kadocha was also in my running for this, but again, not streaming and completely out of print. Uh, Golden Time starts out just as any random shoujo trashy anime should. We have a boy in a new town starting at a new school, okay? Mm -hmm. Except with two key differences. Number one, the characters are all in college instead of high school. Thank fuck. Yeah. Already off to a better start. (laughs) Yeah. And two, our main protagonist, get ready for it. Has amnesia. He has the visual now, novel. Norm- well, I mean, that's impressive, but I don't <laughs> well, think that's a wait, reason to base a whole it, show Noah's around him. Stop Noah, fucking shut up! Spoiling my joke. <laughs> Aww. Noah, you're ruining it already. Stop. Now, normally at this point, I'd stop watching this show about amnesia immediately and make some snarky tweets about where are all the belts on Tata Bonri's outfit. <laughs> mm, there's your joke. Please enjoy. Uh, but his amnesia is actually. Thank you, thank you. But Tata Banri's amnesia is actually one of the key spoilery plot points that everyone seems to put in the show summary for some reason. Tata had an accident right after graduating high school where he fell off a bridge and lost all his memories, so he was forced to spend a year getting his head back together before moving and attending college in Tokyo, where our story starts. There he meets Mitsuo, a classmate from law school, and Mitsuo's 
semi-fiance Coco who followed her man to college so she could spend the rest of her life with him. Stalker! Semi-fiance. There is a term. That's like a real housewives kind of bullshit right yeah. there. Things didn't ha- quite go according to her perfect plan. No. Let's just say things, that. Things didn't yeah, go to... Hey, Kaku. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Noah. I swear to God. Now we ruined your joke. Hijinks ensue, except there are lots and lots of tears and bad decisions, and that's basically golden time. Yeah. Um, it could have been a CW drama instead of an anime. It really but could here have. we are. I... Okay, I'll, I'll say this. I, I'm glad I did not read the synopsis that apparently spoiled this. Here's what I went into. Oh boy, here I goes. went into this show basically expecting a high school dramedy, but in college, mm-hmm. with some hijinks and some heartbreak. Mm-hmm. What I did not anticipate was a surprisingly deep exploration of good people in problematic relationships learning and gradually improving themselves and the literal existential nightmare that is actually losing your memory and basically dissociating with everything that you know and love yeah this show you this show needs a fucking horror tag <laughs> <laughs> GJ, I love the fact that you brought up the whole summary thing being spoilery. I think when the show was airing or right before it, all the information we knew didn't include the amnesia stuff. Correct. Um, The tag was supernatural. Okay. Yeah, the tag was supernatural, but it didn't include any of the stuff about Bonri's amnesia. Clonod is technically supernatural. I did not get I did not get that. And, and Don't you bring that there, show into this podcast? That's another show with a Clannad. character. Another I love Clannad, who has Oh my god, this this one is more terrifying to me. Oh man. Because I feel like this is actually what can happen, and that scares mm-hmm. me. Yeah, that's a good point, is that where whereas something like Clanad and the other key adaptations are more magical realism based and the, the characters aren't really characters this feels like it's chock full of actual people like uh, there are key parts in here where i saw the characters acting the way they were thinking the way they were and i kind of looked over at my wife and thought i'm getting deja vu is that a bad thing no yeah, yeah. like i've i've, se- I've no. said this a couple t- <laughs> i've said this a few times to andrew when we were watching it because it's actually been oh you said 2013 right Sorry, to that. Yeah. Sorry, October. S- yeah. It was. It's been seven years since I watched the show. I'm not gonna lie. I've only seen it once, and it was while it was airing. And um, even I couldn't remember half the shit that fucking happened. But my my point is, <laughs> this show just like Tata. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh! Shut up. <laughs> this this show is melodrama as fuck, and will play up a bunch of different things, which is why it's so fucking great. But at the same time, I think it's one of the more realistic looks at pe- relationships with people. And also it has its own little twist on like coming of age story in a way. So it's weird, but for what it is, I actually really love that it does that. All right, fam. But let's let's start talking about this dub so we can uh, knock this out in less time than the series runtime. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Love it. Let's go. All right. So extra- we can't really get into yeah, we can't really get into this without starting with our director and our writer. Our director is Sentai staple Shannon Reed, who has directed The Awesome School Live, Yay. Real Girl, and Chihaya Furu. 
And then we have our writer, Marta Bechtal, who for the entire series, I thought, wrote the first season of Diabolic Lovers. But that's not her. No. <laughs> she wrote F- Food Wars, Maiden Abyss, and Sarune. This anime dub takes a long time to get I won't even say good, but to get listenable. I would say maybe act uh, like um, Mm. it takes till about episode seven for it to really kick in. Thank God it's a two core. I think it takes time for people to get acclimated. I think that's what we're trying to say. Yeah, I'd say it takes a little bit to build into it. Yeah, but I will definitely I will definitely argue and say I actually think it gets pretty good. Oh, it, it definitely, it definitely gets good. It um, just takes its I think, time to get there. <laughs> yeah, I think about once it hits episode seven, mm-hmm. that was like where I was like, okay, I'm I'm in it now. Because yeah. before I was like, wow, like I'm feeling something really stilted about this writing. Mm-hmm. Now this the stiltedness about the writing continues through the whole anime. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> There's only very few parts where it doesn't feel very like I'm trying to match lip flaps. Gigi. To me. Gigi, Gigi, yes. Gigi. Uh-oh. What? Yes. You're absolutely right. I 100% agree with you on the writing. I. Oh, my God. Andrew's not canceled anymore. <laughs> I, I sent a butt, though. Hold on. Here's the thing. I I will say this. I think there's a lot of... This is a very dialogue-heavy show. Yes. And I think the thing that makes it a little tricky throughout the show is that there's a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. I think the problem with some of the writing for the dub itself is a lot of the language feels very literal. It feels very yes. literal and like this is the kind of thing I feel would have like here's the thing. I know people like to talk about being very straight, very accurate to the original localization. And I think there are times where that works, but I think there are shows that really do benefit from being a lot more malleable mm-hmm. with the dialogue, especially when you're dealing with a lot of like these are college kids. These are stupid drunken horny absolute disaster children they should be a little more loose with the things they are saying (laughs) okay things they are doing i'm i'm gonna jump in a little bit again it's been seven fucking years since i've watched this show but i don't recall in the japanese people using the words boo or emo or things like that. So it does ta- does play with it a tiny bit, it but does, I see what you're saying. It does play with it a little. But not enough. No, it's, it's not enough is the issue. Like, I, here, I also think that there's a number of times where in general it's it feels like a lot of the more intimate one-to-one conversations mm-hmm. where it's like, this feels like this is not how people would talk sometimes or they're being a little too literal with some language and it bothers me a little. To the script's credit, though, and I, I will say this, it does become a bit more literal and more one-for-one where I think it really actually needs to. Because there are some heavier, darker moments in the show. I think... You can't exactly be too loose with that. It, like I think that those are fine. Yeah, that's Anything fine. that's very emotional, that's very mm-hmm. overdramatic, that's out of the fucking box where people are losing their goddamn yeah. minds, 
those are fine. It's but a balancing like, act of the sides when it's not that dark and deep and emotional and it's more lighthearted. I see. Yeah. The main, 100%. The main thing I want to chime in is say is I actually do see your point about the script being a little too loose and... Not, you mean not loose enough? Sorry, not loose enough. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. How do I just... Somebody's been watching that Dragon Maid video. Shout out to the cartoon cypher. Oh, shout out to, the, to those dudes. They do the good shit. Point being, I will agree with you. I will say that the script is definitely a little tight and almost a little... Let's say, it, much like Coco's dancing, it can be at times a little bit robotic. Gotcha. That being said, yes. what I will go to bat for is the direction on this dub, especially the core cast... I think for the core the, cast, I can partially agree with you. I think the core cast, the direction on them, especially in the big dramatic, goofier moments, yes. is strong, solid, and memorable. And several of these performances are really standout. Some of the background characters are kind of hit or miss, though. I'll yes. <laughs> well, yes. That being said, the core cast, I will f defend and say they are very good. Okay. Uh, there, there's. Uh, it doesn't. It just. I, I will fight for some of those performances. I don't think I'll fight for all of them. And I, I think I know which ones you're not going to fight for because probably be under the same umbrella. And the problem is that this is not a is a very atypical comedy kind of show that has a really weird tight walk mm -hmm. to balance. It obviously wants to. It, it kind of reminds me of um, the domestic girlfriend dub where it had a lot of wacky moments, but the undercore of the subject matter being, like you said, horny teenagers is indeed very melodramatic. It's soap opera-ish in nature, and that lends itself to the kind of, uh, we need to take this seriously, or else it's going to take us out of the experience, and that's a real problem that the dub has. I don't disagree with you guys about um, the writing, how it excels a lot more in um, uh, people kind of monologuing to themselves or... Uh, just expressing how they're feeling, but the conversations are what's kind of lacking. Even the characters that are performing really well, their dialogue is, again, it's not how people speak to each other. I'm sure it's how people feel, but the the, the actual words themselves, like, did I even write some of these down, are kind of... Uh... Okay, so there's um, a bit where uh, Coco is uh, telling Tada that... Um, uh, being in a room with the opposite gender is basically cheating. And yes. okay, so yeah, one, Coco's idea of relationships is very twisted. First of all, which we will get into. <laughs> yeah, get yeah. Into, Jesus Christ, will we? I, oh, anyways, we have yes, we have the whole Doctor Phil analysis of that woman. Trust <laughs> me, we will get there. Yes. But to keep this section point here, those conversations themselves take me out of it a little bit. And kind of like what Gigi was saying, it's worse in the first episodes where it feels like they were still trying to nail down that balancing act they didn't yes they didn't have like a base of comparison because it's like what other dubs do you look at to say okay we're, we want to be like that you know th there's no citizen kane for amnesiac anime dubs to my knowledge I like how you using citizen kane as a possible comparison the citizen God Dude. Damn it. Oh, amnesiac <laughs> I mean, just imagine wow. Orson Welles directing anime. Oh, man. Oh, oh, oh. Listen, just, listen. My heart. Orson uh, Welles uh, you, directing you, you, anime would be fucking stupid. It would be great. It would be no, amazing. No, no. I love how you were saying, like, amnesiac anime. And the first thought in my head is like, well, everybody. Well, you can't have everything like amnesia. Let's, like. Please, dear God. Let's be don't. real. Let's be <laughs> fucking real. 
Yeah, exactly. So I, I guess to <laughs> amnesia is a weird gold mine right there. <laughs> now, if you wanted to, um, now here's the thing. I'm glad they didn't do, um, and because this is a Sentai dub, uh, there could have been the possibility for them to uh, uh, mature up the dialogue a little bit because these are college students. They could have thrown in a few more swears, a few more uh, bad language roles. They they could have turned it into the Beck dub essentially. Um, which okay. would have been out of place, and I'm glad they didn't do that. But at the same time, they're not really keeping with the the fun, looser. We are now living on our own and mm. have and you know expressing what it's like to be uh, adults. We we are drinking. We are drinking fucking adults now, and I don't really get that from the from the actual dub. It still has that we're kind of trapped in high school <laughs> tone to it. We, the closest we might get. For like loose, like oh my god, we're adults, we're drunk. Is the fucking tea the club tea club? Us? Yeah. <laughs> which which major major props to both of those disaster oh bitches. Major props Absolutely. to both yeah, of those disaster bitches played by uh, Caitlin, Caitlin Barr, Barr and, and Natalie, Natalie Real. Real. Yes. They're amazing. Jesus Christ, I don't want to be anywhere oh near god. them. So 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 to to play nice to Gigi here because I went into this uh, again with a very open mind. I'd I'd only heard about Golden Time. Uh, from an old ANN podcast where they were talking about they were talking about Clanad, interestingly enough, uh, talking about how sexless Clanad was, and compared it to Golden Time, where uh, even though the guy talking about it didn't really like Golden Time, he still said that it still felt like a show set in college because the characters actually were, and the show treated them like college students. So was... my expectation going into this was that yeah, it would be a melodrama set in college. Did not have the right. expectations for. By the way, I don't. I selectively don't remember anything. Yes. I, I, yeah. Like <laughs> for for those who haven't caught on yet, so this is the first time Andrew and Noah have watched the show. <laughs> you have, for those who have not yeah, caught on, you've seen it before. Two very, but you have very two very fresh, fresh perspectives. perspectives. It, it's it. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Like the other thing I want to say is that. I don't know if this show were only one core, if it would have gotten the same treatment. Like, honestly, like the first seven episodes feel so fucking rushed to me. Yeah, like I the writing feels rushed. The directing feels rushed. The acting feels rushed. Like there are just parts that I'm just staring at my TV and I'm like, I really like these actors, but what the fuck is coming out of their mouths right now? Yeah, it's it's like it just I feel like because it, came, it was like a surprise come out of nowhere dub. And this was before the big C word happened. Um, before so they, pandemic. they had, yeah, they had time to, mm -hmm. to do it. But I just think that it took everyone a really long time to get into their characters. Yes. And maybe that's because that's what some actors do. And I know that some actors do this and some actors don't. Some actors go in and they research the shit out of everything. They'll read the light novels. They will watch the anime a bunch of times and sub before they go in the booth. You know, all that kind of stuff. Right. And then some actors go in blindly. So they don't know what's going to happen to their characters. So, like, if you know you're playing coco and you go into episode three and you're like holy shit i'm joining a cult now what the fuck is happening okay you get that what the fuck is happening result but at the same time like you kind of need to know what's going right, on right right because this whole anime is set up kind of backwards like this show the has reveal. been available for seven years that's the thing yeah is that so they it's been accessible in this entire period which, of time which 
but I mean, if they don't want, if people don't watch anime and if they don't want to know what they're doing, I can see it as a valid choice to go in and be surprised. Right. That's fair because that makes that sometimes but, can create genuine reactions that you would need, which is fair. I'll also say, at least like in the first six, seven episodes, the tone of this show is different. It's true. I think it's, that once it hits the cult, the shit's out the window. Because what happened? Okay, that, the that re- wasn't even. <laughs> go okay, ahead. That was dramatic. So maybe dramatic, but that was also like it, it is not technically a. I kind of hate to use this term due to certain changing of channels, but it's not technically a big lipped alligator moment. But it fucking might as well be. The it whole it cult, feels like. Whole thing. Here's the thing: is like, that it, they, it gets referenced. Well, yeah. It, but but well, here's here's why I I say that is because in the cult episode. That's when Bonri admits that he has amnesia. It's right. it's when he, and you don't know whether or not you're going to take him seriously or if he's making a fucking joke. And, and that's through the whole thing until you realize, holy shit, he really does have fucking amnesia. It's a weird, weird way to explain to explain the twist of the episode of the entire that's show. Such a weird way to introduce it. You're right. <laughs> it's and I, I don't I, again. I don't know if it was like that in the light novel because we. I don't know if those were translated or not. And even if they were, I, I probably wouldn't read them. I don't think they were licensed. I don't think the light novel. They have. Oh, they, they have. Were? No, they have. I've I have. Them. I know. I, actually, I know Toradora was, which. Well, by the yeah. Way, I discover. I discovered in the midst of of watching this, mm-hmm. same author as Toradora. Golden yep. time. Oh, That's yeah. an interesting discovery, but it makes a couple of things make a lot more sense to me in hindsight. It does, but but to bring back to Gigi's point about why episode three also works, it's not just that we find out the twist. It's also, um, so the whole beginning of the show is Coco claims that she is in love with Mitsuo, this other guy. We'll call him claims? Guy B. Guy Dude, B she's for obsessed. good. It's but, but I mean she could be faking it. But the point is is I, that we're we are under the impression not just from hindsight but also watching the freaking opening of the show, you know, the OP that no, she is not going to get together with Mitsuo. She is clearly going to get together with what's his nuts over here. So it's not we don't take it seriously. <laughs> we don't take that pursuit of Mitsuo seriously so in episode three when she finally starts to show I may have feelings for I don't I don't remember what's his name Tata Bonri or whatever then that is when the show finally starts to pick up and we stop you know teasing the audience with the whole who will she get with nonsense because we know it's not going to be Mitsuo here's 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 the other thing too though is um when we were watching it Andrew and I um he made the comment he's like this whole confession thing is earlier than what you would normally expect. I'm like, yeah, there's a reason for it, Andrew. And because then he found out. <laughs> the reason. This show is not actually... The romance is an element, but this is not it's actually not the, about the romance. It's not the focus. Which is weird. But why else would... Why it's wouldn't you make weird, that... It's not weird, but that's what makes it interesting. I think it's just on your perspective, because for me, I see a lot of romance in Golden Time. Th- there is, yes. It's, but it's, it's true. There is a lot of romance. It's also there. about friend. It's also about friendship. Yes. It's also about getting these characters through their insecurities and through things that they need to overcome in order to become adult. I'll bring up one more thing about the directing. And this is what I'm going to talk more when we talk about my good friend Tata Bonri. Is that... (laughs) We love Tata here. (laughs) If we remember (laughs) that Tata Bonri has amnesia... Mm -hmm through the whole thing Mm -hmm. it makes his performance better yes and i will tell you why once we get to tata bonry yes however the lip flap matching with the writing on every other character 
just there was one part where coco was going i love you (laughs) but it wasn't like that it was some weird fucking inflections that did not make any it's unfortunate it's unfortunate when you have a okay when the animation decides to enunciate syllables that are clearly set to the actual japanese dialogue and then you have to turn them into english syllables that's always a challenge like you can make that work when the script is very when script can work around it, but I don't right. think this script was quite strong enough to work that around. That's my thing. I think yeah. the script the script and, is strong and has good moments, but I feel like it's not as consistent or as loose throughout as it really it deserved have, to be. At least on the yeah. lighter moments, it could have played it a little bit more. It, that, I would have loved to have seen a bit more of the mellow, like the played up melodrama, honestly. That being said, I will go to bat for Shannon's direction on this, and mm-hmm. I feel the core cast throughout really grows into it. They and grow really, into it, but it's very mm, rough to yes. start. I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend it. That it, it takes, takes a, a long time. It takes, it takes too long. I think long. it's worth it. I think it gets there, it, and I'm satisfied with the result, and that's my stance, and I will fight you but, on that. But he's tapping my shoulder, like, I, like I'll fight you on that. <laughs> Apparently he's gonna fight me now. Um, like I will agree with majority of that. By the end, it's one hundred percent worth it. But it oh, takes yes. a bit to get there. Is the key part. I if you're if you're someone who's never seen the show and is following the three episode rule and you're watching no. it dubbed only, don't do the three episode don't rule. Do that. You're, you're, you're I, not going to Such a shit show, uh, show to do this with because third episode is the cult, which is apparently <laughs> that's the a most great important episode <laughs> of the fucking show. That's where, uh, that's where he gets the mirror. That's like one of the most important. No, no, things no. The, the mirror is episode f- four, oh, sweetie. The mirror oh, is episode yeah, four. Yep, yep. Okay. No, I so can you just imagine. Even get that. People following the three-episode rule, like, first two episodes, eh, this is okay, but I'm not really digging it. Episode three, and now we're going to be abducted by a cult. I'm getting interested now. God, how... Oh, my God. I mean, I, I will. That's not... The cult is relevant. <laughs> no, that, that's actually not a... That's not uncommon. Actually, Japan has, like, a... Uh, unfortunately, does have a... Not an influx, No, I, I know it's actually a real thing. I saw no, no, Mike no, no, Tool's no. panel. A for bit of a problem <laughs> with fringe religions popping home, up. For the folks at home, when we got to episode three and the cult thing... I um I I covertly tried to record a little video of Andrew and his reaction to him finding out it was a fucking cult, and I sent it to Chi <laughs> and Noah on Twitter, yep. and they got a fucking kick out of it. I didn't. Even he was know- like, I didn't "Wait, even- what?" I didn't even know Andrew she was filming till after it was done. Yeah, I was being covert about it. It was funny. God, you know the Fine funny. Brothers are gonna sue I us just- now, right? Cool. Wah, fuck, wah, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> So I I just want to say that I feel like I'm kind of being incredibly harsh during this segment, but it if you understand the fucking way that the anime goes through, yes. I just I feel bad that I can't I don't think I'll be able to get somebody new to this to watch the dub unless they get to the middle of the first half. <laughs> like No, it's 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 it, it honestly, takes a very long very time to grow into it. I mean, like it, and that's it, when it gets good. Yeah, mm. like the show itself also takes a little bit to like get into story wise. Yeah. Which I'm, is part of which is, I think is another piece of the problem. That's another thing. But too. um no, dub wise, it does take a bit for like the writing and the performances to really kind of like really take off and that's when it gets good and it really starts to hit a lot more. I I'm think. still glad I stuck with it. Oh and, yeah. <laughs> And I'm going to be yeah. the one dissenter who says that, like, I agree with these guys. It's weak at the beginning and it does get better. Uh, definitely after the, the third point, 
but I, I don't think it reaches like the levels that the show had. It had ambitions that it couldn't quite match up to. So if you're on the fence between my, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't usually say this, but I would honestly say that the sub is a slight bit better than the dub on this one. And not just for that first part of it, but like even by the end of it, like the, the final episodes have some very great performances when we get our like emotional breakthroughs that lead into the finale of the show. But, but again, it you have to listen to a lot of just mediocre voice acting to get to that. Listen here, I was crying like a bitch by the end. All right. I was laughing. <laughs> Me I'm sorry. Too. Some of these perform some of the deliveries I was like <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Anyway. I mean, that, that's it's a, all, a, a, it's all to good. each their own. Wow, that's we are fair. we are actually going to cancel Noah tonight. This is going to be great. <laughs> no, no, because I under I understand where he's coming no, from, yeah. and to be quite frank with you, Yui Hori is like my favorite Japanese voice actress ever, yeah. and she plays Coco in this, mm-hmm. and she also sings both the theme songs. I think the endings too. Mm-hmm. I think so. She's yeah. fucking phenomenal, and to yeah, like really live good. up to that, like it's it, it's a it's, it's a tall it's difficult. order. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sorry. So just, I, I understand so, that too. I, I think I may have been like a little less harsh on this if this was a dub from, say, maybe 10 years ago. Like, um, I was listening to um, uh, Mahoromatic, which is a dub that came out back in the mid 2000s, I want to say. And mm-hmm. then I listened to Golden Time, and I'm like, these two kind of sound similar. It's like they're in that same level of trying to balance the serious and the comedic I portions like of it. I like how you said that. Because yeah, my brain, early, here's my here's the thing. I was writing some of my notes earlier after we finished writing, finished watching the show, and mm-hmm. you know, you know how I'm usually a stickler for like a lot of slang terms being used. Yeah. In in a lot of writing. Yeah, you don't like that. I'm shit. usually not a fan of it. So like boo or emo side, I'm like, what the fuck is this? And um, I don't specifically remember who it was who said this. Um, a different script writer has said before about their writing process is sometimes what they have to do is write the show for the time that it came out. Mm-hmm. Which I think is the case here with Marta's writing. That she had to write a show that came out in 2013. <laughs> I don't... I don't, I don't think so. I think it's more a case of sticking too closely to the translation because Okamura was in the sub. Yep. Um, and they took no, the fucking Tata Banri joke out, but, like, entirely. But you you no kind of get what I'm saying, though. Like, she, they they had to take the what was done at that time. Oh, God, I just got that. Okamura. Oka. Okamura. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a Japanese thing like, that didn't make sense. Also, I don't know if you guys I watched this. I did not this. get that. Okay. Did you guys watch this with um, uh, where uh, the pop-up explanations of some cultural things uh, exist? One, once or twice, yeah. No, I watched it on Blu-ray. Yeah, we watched it on Blu-ray. They, they should have had which... that on there. Because Sentai does that. Like, sometimes they'll have... There was the, they sometimes do. There was, like, one or two times in the show, I To remember. which, side note about the Blu-ray version. <laughs> defect. There's a defect on it, guys. Yes. In the last episode of it's, disc one of the Blu-ray, it's not, it's you not cannot the, skip the opening. It's not the last episode. It's actually episode eight. Yeah. Is it? For us, it was episode it was eight. It was us, for us, it was episode eight. Where it's it the in. second to last episode of the disc. That might that, be why that's what happened it. for us. Unless hers is different, then that's oh, a different it, fucking defect all on its own. Oh great! Then there's two defects. Oh god! It didn't happen to us on the one last of them. You can't of the disc. skip the it opening. It happened to us on the second to last episode of the disc. Oh boy, we are going into it tonight, Christ. Wow. I can't remember. It's whatever I told you guys in the chat. All right, I'm done with yep. this. I'm done with my salt for now because oh. we're about to talk about one of the most important characters and. 
One of the reasons why my tie-in for this episode still means so works. Much, She's still talk about getting her episode regardless. I am. So we're going to talk about like kind of the side the side chicks, the side dudes. Um, they're just friends in this little friend group. We're going to talk about Oka, who is played by Caitlin French. She's part of the film club. Uh, Mitsuo starts off really in love with her and she rejects him and then she regrets it. This causes a lot of drama. She's played by Caitlin French. We're going to talk about 2D, who gives up 3D girls and everything in the 3D world, 2D. much like the dude in The World God Only knows. C- um, contrary to popular, th- this is not the same character people. in that uh, virtual band that you guys all love. Huh? No gorillas fans in this audience? Really? Oh, None? it took me a oh. second. God damn it, wow. Noah. Noah, shut your I was thinking about mouth. Udapri, yeah. sorry. I think one of these art characters would know more about music than the rest of you. <laughs> yes, and um, oh, 2D Noah, is played you, by Gareth West. Tonight, <laughs> I want to be double canceled. Oh my god. You're going to be called. And then we have, we have the best girl who is Tata Bonri's neighbor. We have Nana, no last name, played by Kira Vincent Davis. Nana, who looks suspiciously like the Nana from Nana because she's a rock star and looks exactly the fucking same. That was my first choice anime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, surprise. So what she actually wanted to do for this was Nana, but because Nana is not legal right now, uh, golden time. Uh, I, I I think we yes. were talking over each other. Did you say who plays 2D? Uh, Gareth West. Cool. So let me let me run down some credits for you really quickly. Um, I would also like to point out that Nana in both the Japanese and the English dub is not played by the Nana who is in Nana. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they're all they're all different people. Actually, in Japanese, Nana is played by the girl who plays uh, Sumugi in Idolish 7, who is married to Otoya in real life. Shit, good for her. Nice. There's your your bit of Gigi Seiyu time today. Um, So Nana's played by Kira Vincent Davis in the English dub, um, who I mistakenly thought was in a bunch of stuff, and then I realized it wasn't her. This will be the case for two other people in this podcast. Um, She played Lucy in Elfin Lead, Anna Hart in Kaleido Star, and Mio in Strike Witches. Mm -hmm. Gareth West, who I've met, he's a super cool human being, plays uh, Takeda, the coach who looks like Yuri Kotsky in Haikyuu, yeah. Seiya Takahaya in Sarune, and Yasuda in Haven't You Heard I'm Sa- Sakamoto. And then uh, Oka is played by Caitlin French, who plays Mei Tachibana, the lead, in Say I Love You, Shiro in No Game No Life, and uh, Kana Makino in Tamako Market and Tamako Love Story. Still gotta see those. I also do. I, I never watched I them. I still need to watch the dub of Say I Love You. That's another one that I've watched like years ago, but never got around to the dub for. Eh, you don't need to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sad face. Ouch. Uh, that was also on the short list for this episode, but I decided I didn't want to do that to myself again. Um, I know. So I just like... Man, once I fu- saw fucking Nana in Golden Time again, I'd forgotten <laughs> like that she was in Golden I, I Time. Legit, I was so happy. I was legit taken aback. I'm like, wait, wait, I actually, I looked at him. He's like, what the fuck is happening? I'm like, yeah. Which, no, from no. what I'm told, the connection is just that the author is just a big fan of Nana. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Is it self-insert? As she should be. Now, Andrew, have you actually seen the Nana anime or read the manga? 
Have you seen I it? have no prior history. Okay. Neither, no, here's the oh. thing. Neither have I, but I know it by reputation. And that's Ooh. interesting that the, the character is just so, you know, the, the, iconic. The design was so, like, prolific where it's like, okay, yeah. that, that is just... That's just that. Yeah, and I, I remember I was watching this. I think I was watching it with Jen, and I kind of I, I looked at her like she Jen had no reference for this, obviously. But I said to her, "Is that Nana?" And then yes, full on, it said, "My name's Nana." And I'm like, "Oh my god, it is!" It wasn't yeah, just a one-off thing it's a either. Fucking trip. As someone who has watched no. Nana, yes. <laughs> All right. So so we're so we're oh, just man. going into Nana first, right? I mean, we're just well, going where one you really want to talk about. Yeah, I'm just I'm just starting with that. Yeah. Um, also, fun fact: you can find Nana in a bookseller Skullface, whatever your name is. Skullface. Yeah, she's in there too. Skullface. <laughs> Skullface Hondasan. Yes. Oh, she's in that. Cool. Huh, I didn't know that. She yeah, just keeps popping you can find up. Nana in lots of places. Okay. Cool. She's because she's amazing. She's so. Amazing. Taking into consideration that Nana is based on Nana from Nana, I should really say her last name. I think it's Osaki. I think I think she's um, she's based. I, I got their names. Yeah, pulled she's up if she's. You want them. No, it's fine. She's based on um, a rock star. Looks exactly like yep. her. Um, so if we're going on that, Nana in the Nana anime really isn't mean. She's very standoffish and very cold because she doesn't want to get people close to her. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what this character is. She's very standoffish. She's very cold, mm -hmm. but she's also kind of mean. She punches people a lot. Um, and I thought Kira Vincent Davis did a really great job yeah. um, conveying that fact. I didn't get so much of the warm fuzzies from her, but then again, when this Nana had the warm fuzzies, she wasn't exactly talking. You, you didn't get the uh, warm red bean so, soup feeling she, from her? She would she would she would no. do nice things and basically be like ah piss off fuck off well i get exactly the only time i think she ever really broke that is when bonry basically kind of breaks down and tells her everything that's going on with him and his relationships and like she basically is like no oh fuck you i i dude fuck i feel like such an asshole christ is basically the way I can describe it is that mm. well, she, she basically just lets it all out and like she can't even like pretend she gets, to she be... gets mad at herself because she wasn't listening. She's and like, she oh, she flat fuck. out admits that you know like begrudgingly says I gotta admit you two are like my two favorite people in the world and it's kind of mm -hmm. it's killing her to admit that she's got a heart. I think honestly she sounds um, the most natural female performance. I honestly can agree mm. with that. She's uh, she's tied at least with one other character, I, and it I, might I also see. be because she's got like she has less lines than any of the other female characters. And when she does show up, she she's always progressing the plot in some way. So she's a welcome uh, change to the cast, even e if even if, even even if the, even the, if she doesn't have a ton of lines on with what she has, like I can I can hear like like the grungy punk rocker in Kira's voice, and I honestly love the fuck out of it. <laughs> <laughs> she's just a lot of fun. Me she's too. Just really, really spunky. No, I love badass. it. It's great. She, she's a, she's, a, she's a dick, but she's a dick with a heart of it gold. It is exactly what I would have <laughs> expected Nana to sound. It makes me wonder, even though it is not available legally, how much. And Gigi, maybe you can help me on this one because it's been years since I watched the anime Nana. How close Kira sounds to the Nana in. Nana. Not at all. Not at all. I'm wondering, like, if 
um, Kira has seen what the at least a little bit of what the other Nana is and tried to emulate it at least a little bit. I don't think so because this sounds completely so? different, and also the characterization just in this English dub alone is pretty different. Um, yeah, and the Golden Time Nana is also more hardcore than mm. the That's Nana. True. She is. So she's she's trying to really like amp up that stereotype. And the important thing is so, that you don't have um, to have seen or even know anything about the original Nana to get this character. She fits in this universe just no, fine. No, you don't. No. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's just fine and accessible. I, I, I just like, again, it's been years since I watched Nana. I'm just wondering if like Kira had the ability to like have a little bit of like a little bit of a reference point, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I mean, it's definitely possible. I just think the performances are way different. Um, but that's for no, a different yeah. that's for I, a different I, I, podcast. I, I, I really liked Nana. She can rock yeah. her way into my heart every day. Uh, side note: there is singing in this, but it is in Japanese. Coco, I thought so. Does yeah, her own Japanese. singing ish? I guess you. It's kind of like I don't even know what you want to call it. Screaming. It's not like metal. Yeah, screamo. You it's like screamo. Yeah. Screamo metal. You know, you know something. I feel like we've all completely forgotten about mm-hmm. these are law students yeah well hold on we don't have con- confirmation if nana is a law student nana oh, is not a law i would student. love to see her in law like, school I, I just i would just like the record everybody to show, else is <laughs> i don't believe any of these bitches could make it as law students <laughs> the only one i believe has a shot is linda yeah. Linda's yeah. the only one I honest to God believe could make it in I the legal it. firm. I see it. Everybody else, no. Coco oh would just go fucking straight L Woods on that bitch, like, on that shit, like. Okay, now I want a I want that now. Why would you give me this? <laughs> You're actually, welcome. I actually want to see Coco go legally blonde. Yeah. Why I, not, right? You can see it. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Be legally great, golden. Right? Holy welcome shit. And she, Legally instead of, golden. Instead of the dog, she could steal her dad's cat <laughs> and bring it with You her. thought about this a little too much. Who needs a cat when she can just put I'm a just collar on Tata Bonri? Tata Bonri is a puppy anyway. Hold up. Shut the fuck up. Hang on. Oh, wait, 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 this works better. Elle Woods f- went to law school to follow a man that didn't love her. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then, when when was Legally Blonde? When did that come out? 2000. That was like mid 2000. And then, and then, and then we can turn it into a musical. Fuck yeah, let's do it. I love that musical. I saw it on Father's Day. Bend and snap, That's a weird thing to see on Father's Day. My dad really loves Broadway. I know your dad loves Broadway. Legally Blonde, the musical? Okay. Fans, dub talk fam. Legally Blonde, Golden Time, Alternate Universe fan fiction. Give it to me. That That is a Tukaza review so in the making. Andrew's done. Oh my god. Shit. All right, GG, bitches. I fucking love you. All right, bitches. Here we reel this back in. I'm reeling it. I'm reeling it back in. I want to talk about my in. best boy. I want to talk about my best boy. 2D? Yes. He is great. <laughs> Tootie's the best. He's the actual best. 2D as a character in any other show, by sheer premise, 
should be the worst. Mm -hmm. Literally, yes. the premise is, God, I hate reality. 3D girls are 3D pig disgusting. They're terrible. I hate them. I'm 2D all about girls, the 2D girls. I'm all about yeah. the 2D anime waifu girls. No, yeah. In any other situation, In any other work. show, this would be the biggest piece of shit fucking loser yep. character. I'd hate him. He's the nicest empathetic He's sweetest bro sweetest he is a bro he and is. i love i also love garrett west portrayal of him oh, garrett is so who fun. is just this general like he's kind of this goofy guy who's a little high strung and over dramatic yeah. and goofy he just loves you, his you know friends yeah he, he's not just about the bros he loves his chick he doesn't too. give a shit about being the third wheel he will be the third wheel all fucking day he's every the day wheel man for all of these he stupid is. so, so let's run bitches. down his characteristics so he's introduced as kind of a side character you thought he was going to be a one-off character yes. but then he becomes a recurring character he's got glasses he's got a bit of a high-pitched voice he's really good at computers and he is a total bro he is the urkel mm -hmm. of this show what? I'll wow, take that's it. A I'm gonna take that and go Man, with it. I don't see it. I'll Noah, take it. Monkey D. Luffy wouldn't even stretch that far. <laughs> well, that's why he but hasn't you know found what? the even one piece Urkel yet. Got the girl in the end, y'all. Whatever. I I think Gareth also does what he can and makes mm -hmm. the the dialogue easier to listen to i think yes. it also has something to do with the fact that 2d is so high strung so he's able to fucking oh, go off wow. the wall with him and i think that anytime anyone has dialogue that makes them go off the wall that makes them go a little um over dramatic that makes them do anything where it's not just Hi, I'm talking to you guys right now. What's up? But oh my god, hi, I'm talking to you guys. What's up? What's going on? Don't you love this? This is awesome. Like, I think anytime there's dialogue like that, it sounds so much more natural. Yeah. Like, and Gareth pulls it off really greatly, especially yeah. at the very end. Oh, yeah. Yes. He's like such the, a sweet. I was feeling for him because he oh genuinely is like, I don't I like, I don't want to lose my friends. friends. Like, he's, like, literally doing, like, we he's had this agreement. Anytime one of us wants to hang out, we drop everything and hang out. And yeah, then you just see him. he's sweetest. You see him literally breaking down and about to tear up. And, like, <laughs> I was starting to feel for him, too. I'm like, oh, sweet baby. Like, Here's the thing. Um, th this show has lots of moments that have so much high energy for him. Mostly for comedic effect. Yes. <laughs> and when there he starts being sad... Gareth has to be, I think, one of the more consistent forces with that high energy. He's, yep. like, compared to everybody else in the main cast, 2D has has to more consistently show this huge amount of energy. He's this spitfire ball of energy that, could, like, you give him coffee, he's gonna go bouncing <laughs> off the walls in, like, 20 seconds. Like... And I think Gareth does very, very well giving that high energy, and especially at that consistency. And and it, it helps balance out the rest of the... He's the one character who who doesn't have the biggest issues. No, he doesn't. His main issue is, I just want friends. In any That's other, it. In any other show, like, the character who says, like, I swear off all 3D girls, 2D's where it's at... Like you would think, oh, they're they're like a incel loser piece of shit, no. or they're just some sort of jackass who makes creepy no. jokes. Two D is 2D, the sweetest bean. Two D's smart. He's, he's he nice. got 
have you seen he would the be relationships the lawyer, and the guys. romance drama in the show? He got lucky. He's the best off. Because he's not <laughs> he's he doesn't have a relationship and he's better fucking for it. Well, you know what? I also think that like with Gareth's performance, even like mm-hmm. the part where he was falling asleep when he was going to drive the car. I was like, oh, man, yeah. I've been there. I was like, I even felt a lot of energy, like not in a bad way, but in like a, oh my God, I feel like you're going to pass out right now Mm -hmm. way. It was convincing. It was very convincing. You could feel that it was a convincing performance. Yeah, 100%. Oh yeah. It was acted really well. And it sounded like he was having fun too. Like there's a a level of not having fun. I'm not going to say not having fun, but like it, it sounded like it was fun to listen to him because he sounded like he was having fun. Yeah. I keep loving Gareth West as an actor more and more. I have to agree with these guys. Gareth West was, I mean, he was definitely given some of the more fun material. And this is like indicative of what I wish Mm -hmm. the show was more like, like more of this believable, uh, fun reactions to things. And that actually, that actually sums it up right there on in, in general, if it had something similar to what, 2D's character was, it, I think it would have been mm-hmm. done a lot better. We know guys like 2D, or we are 2D. <laughs> it's true. Very true. Like, I feel like the thing I like about the show is the entire college friend group, I I genuinely believe they are oh, friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I genuinely believe they would That they be would friends. get an apartment in New York City and spend time at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they do would. spend time in a coffee the, shop. Several by the way, of them oh, in this finally, fi- oh, yeah. even Uncle Worms figured out what the. If you, ever, oh, yeah, if you wondered where the them. name of the show comes from, it's the Golden Time is the name of the bar where they hang out. That mm-hmm. it is. I didn't Only didn't have any other place to fit that in here because I I wondered like what does Golden Time mean and I looked it up and sometimes Golden Time refers to like the hour after you've been in an accident where the paramedics can like do the most to help you, but that doesn't seem to have. Oh, dude, that's exactly what fucking Golden Time is about now. Fuck the cat. There you go. There. It, it's ah, just my God. It, it's right, scrubs. Actually. It's just scrubs for anime fans. <laughs> scrubs for oh. anime fans. What? <laughs> Fuck. Where well, the? Wow. Well, I had a okay. better segue when we were talking about the cafe, Sorry. but I'm going to let y'all talk about Oka, and then I'm just going to jump in when I feel it's necessary. Oh, no. Oh, God. You really want me to talk about Oka? I'll start with Oka. Okay. Okay. Oh, Oka is a precious mm. bean. She's a very mm-hmm. good girl. Yep. I feel for her. I love her. Mm-hmm. Caitlin French. Let's yep. talk about Caitlin French. Yeah. Let's talk about her. She's not perfect. No. I think she does improve. I think she does improve. She gets yeah. the dramatic moments. She has some good comedic moments. And she has some great chemistry. Especially. I adore her character. And I even really enjoy her bouncing off of Coco. Yes. I will say my actual favorite friendship in the show is Coco and Oka. Because Coco <laughs> is Coco is not a tsundere she's for a her boys. She, she's a She's not a tsundere for her boys. She's a tsundere for Oka. That's why I love You're that wrong. relationship. Because if you she... ship them, they're named Coca. Oh my god. Oh fuck. hot chocolate. Let's have some coca. Oh, God. I'll have me some coca. Anyways, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, I really like Oka and Coco's relationship. I love the entire episode where she just barges into an apartment. It's like, okay, we're doing a covert op. 
which of these things makes my tits look bigger? What? I'm I not surprised that that's the scene that you remember. No, I've done that before. Dude, I don't even say that as like a really thing. It's legitimately. <laughs> it it, it kind of sums up their relationship really well, honestly. Is that they are big? They are at each other's throats, but they love each yeah, other too. Yeah, it's actually it's, it's adorable. It. Is that you can tell that like Oka is actually on equal footing to bust her balls. <laughs> It's great. Like she's basically like, okay, so you're looking for the oh god, yes, let's let's do it like horny animals and mate right now yeah. in front of everybody. That's the kind of vibe you're going for, right? She what? did no. really. She the got some of the better lines, like that that whole episode, that episode fourteen where they were just bouncing off each other. That got some of the the more yeah. in tone lines. Like I felt like that was the kind of writing that yes. the, the kind of interactions yes, the show be... should have had more of. Oh, yeah, 100%. They're also being very real with each other, and I feel that realness with each other is mm -hmm. what makes them respect and honestly kind of, like, love each other a lot more. Oh, and yeah. I really like that. I really like their dynamic. It's what I believe is, like, bitchy girls that really connect with each other. And, Caitlin yeah, Fudge. Mm -hmm. That being said. She, she's rough at the start. She's rough at the start. Oh, yeah. I think it gets better, and it is kind of a cute, ditzy, airheaded thing mm -hmm. that does work for the character. I think there's just definitely a number of rough or stilted deliveries that kind of takes you out a little bit. I think she absolutely does deliver for when the dramatic moments and the chips are down, mm -hmm. especially in the the last half of the show. I definitely think she does come okay. out. I think she does stand out and she does improve, but she is definitely one of the rougher overall performances of the yeah. show. I'm not denying that, but I will defend it, and I think she does have some great moments and some great uh, comedic and dramatic moments she gets to share off with, oh. and I love her relationship with Coco specifically. I honestly will agree with those sentiments. Like, to me, unfortunately, this is the rougher of the performances, and it does take a little bit of time to really kind of get into it. Part of it, I just might not be too used to Caitlin French as an actress, which is a damn shame. Um, but, like, <laughs> Oka as a character is an interesting being to begin <laughs> with. Because <laughs> she's this little middle school-looking girl in college. Which, they, they those I exist. Think... <laughs> I've met them. The, one of my best exist. friends. One of I'm my best friends is just and mm, I... so, so small. She's still very small. Sorry, Candy. <laughs> but, um... I think there's a scene early on in the show that kind of sums this up where Coco first meets Oka and she is straight up being a bitch to her. And the first, one of the first things she says to her is that, is like, where are you actually pulling that Hypersonic. voice from? Hypersonic. Ultrasonic. <laughs> but, um, like, so I, I, I get, I understand the direction and the casting choice for this situation. I get it. Um, I think, to me, Caitlin was the one who took the longest to kind of transition and really get into the role. Um, because I think of the tone of voice that was being used. Um, that is not to say that it's, like, the worst thing in the world. It's, like, all the performances are like that. You It takes a, a little bit to get acclimated mm. to them. Um, and... Like Andrew was saying, I love the 
freaking relationship and friendship between Oka and Coco. <laughs> and, it's because Coco starts out I, hating her, and Oka's exactly like, it. and Oka's just like, she's just ah. kind of letting it. She's just like taking it in stride. He's like, funny. you know what? You're funny. She, I like yeah, you. We're gonna be friends. And Coco's like, fuck she, yeah, that. Yeah, Oka was absolutely not intimidated by Coco. It's like she can see. She, no. It's like she can see Coco's insecurities written all over her face, and she's like. I, I, this doesn't oh, yeah. bug me. In fact, I'm going to have some fun playing with this crazy girl. No, yeah, it's great. If, it if I may steal another thing I got from my buddy and one. Okay. Oka and Coco mm -hmm. are like Ami and Taiga if their body proportions were swapped. Hmm. I haven't seen Toradora, so I don't know the, the context. <laughs> but, um... If you've seen Toradora, you might be able to see it a little. But anyway, like same author. <laughs> anyway, I will agree with Andrew that it takes time to adjust. But even during that adjustment period, I think for me, it Caitlin took the longest for me to really kind of get into it. Um, but that's not to say she didn't have fun moments. And like Andrew said, like in the last third of the show. Where Oka really, this like Oka suddenly really gets a bit more like meat to the character with her like relationships and how she feels about um, people like Mitsuo. Um, like I, I I felt it a lot more and I could feel it coming from her. It's just that I think the whole getting acclimated to the character and some of the writing I think too may not have done any favors. Yeah. Um, the writing, because the it, character herself does have conflict, uh, has issues near the beginning of it, mm -hmm. because uh, you get the sense that she's kind of, she's had to get used to her smaller stature, that, you know, that that's an insecurity that she's already gotten over. So when new people meet right. her and make a comment about her voice and her look and everything, she, it doesn't bug her so much. She like kind of, like you said, takes it in stride, but it's not that she doesn't still have to deal with that on a day-to-day -day basis. Which is, she's yeah, she, which is good. It, it oh, shows yeah. she's more mature than a lot of the other characters from the get-go, which... 100% she is among the most mature of the entire group because she knows uh, who she is. And that's why it's so frustrating that I don't think Caitlyn does get better. I'm, I'm sorry, it's not, it's not anything about the writing exactly. It's entirely to do with the fact that she doesn't fluctuate. So if you've got a high-pitched voice mm -hmm. character... Um, not even just a Moe type voice, but almost uh, any character who's supposed to sound younger and therefore has a higher voice, they you've got to modulate and your emotions have to change a little bit. And that's just natural. Like, if you speak like this all of the time, then it's not really going to get across emotions very well. No, yeah, that's what, that's what I kind of meant when, like, I I'm glad you're going into a bit more detail of it. That's what ki I kind of meant when I think... While everybody is getting more acclimated in the roles, I think it took it, she's the, the longest. She's the one that I could I could feel in the booth the most. She's the one where I could I could see I could okay. visualize person in front of a microphone with headphones on reading lines off of a script, and that is yeah. not a good tr quality to have. I think the the part where I was like this is going to take a lot to get used to was um the scene where they go to the amusement park and uh. Coco is like shoving a bag of noodles into her face, and they're having their their little spat yes. there. Yes. So, I, yep. Yeah, and that okay. scene. Okay. Yep. Actually, really. Like I mean, that I like too. the scene. Like, I, I like the that there's you know clashing personalities, and I, I do really like that their their 
relationship. Coco and uh, and her relationship is like not really something I've really seen before. It's it's a very unique friendship. But the problem is that Chinami's performance is enti- is is like someone who's like trying to hold back emotions. It's like trying to hold back her own feelings that this one person is not doesn't like her. And I can understand that, you know, like I do, I don't like the fact that there are people out there who don't don't like me. And you know, I'm I'm like um that one scene from The Office where you say, I don't like the fact that there are people out there who don't like me. Even the Taliban. I bet they'd like me if they got to know me. There is, uh, there's a weak link in this dub, and I definitely think it was Caitlin's performance as Chinami. Because Chinami is a very di- different mm-hmm. kind of character. I don't really, uh, like, character design-wise, I can think of characters she looks like. But personality-wise, I can't quite think of one off the top of my head that I could, like, point to and say, Okay, Caitlin, be like that. But read this dialogue. Like I can't think of one off the top of my head. So, but okay. I agree. I agree with everybody. I just didn't want to say it first. Uh, I do think. Uh, I think. I think the problem is, is that everybody has the same sentiment. It's like we don't want to be mean, but we also want to be critical. Well, I think the problem that I had with most of it is that Caitlin's hiding her acting behind the tone of voice. You know. That actually makes 100% uh, more sense. Like, I, f- I felt like it was focusing more on keeping the high-pitched tone consistent. Yeah, okay. Than letting... The character? Em- and then you kind of lose it, yeah. Than letting the emotions run through your voice. Because it's really hard to talk like this. I mean, I'll have to... And be really emotional. I don't think I've seen... I've heard Caitlin in anything else, so I don't know what her her um non-high-pitched voice sounds like. I don't like. hear... We I don't usually hear her much. Um, in, in Say I, I yeah. Love You, her voice was very quiet and breathy. Okay. But the oh, was character was very shy, quiet, breathy, Is doesn't Caitlin talk May? a lot. What? Yeah, she's Is May. Caitlin May? Yeah, okay. she's May. Okay. All right. Yeah. I could, Okay. No, yeah. I think that I think that might be part of the issue is because she has to retain that tone of voice. Um, She plays it Shiro kind of in No Game, No Life, who is like little girl small small weird quiet girl but she i i really liked her no game and honestly i think she loses yeah. she, she loses the high-pitched voice the further into the show you go so you may have a point there Gigi. she she does um i think and i think specifically when she actually has to go into those more dramatic moments now that i think about the haircut i think where she actually has yeah to when act. she loses her yes hair. that's that's when it comes that's where i think it's the strongest where she actually has where she's actually able to drop the tone of voice a tiny bit and actually like emote and that's why i think i believe her a lot more at that point like i really like what she kind of like breaking down in bonnery's apartment yes i was like oh yeah i loved that, it that's yep. her being real so it's basically when she's alone with coco like midway through the show when they're trying on bathing suits <laughs> where I think it's pretty good. Cause she gets to drop some of the high pitched voice and just start talking yes. shit about Coco. Oh, thank God we didn't then... wear that thong out in public. That could have been our major disaster. <laughs> God, I don't know. Oh, uh, I love how she's basically like, she's basically just kind of manipulating her very <laughs> so subtly. It's like, God, I if, see, if, I, if you I, I think that... that works. And I think after she cuts her hair is when yes. it gets a, cha- a turn for the better, but it's still, you, it's hard to act behind that tonal change. Mm. Yep. And it's, it's, it's disappointing because I, it's hard to act behind that kind of a voice. Yeah, Unless that so is her real she voice. Has a challenge. Right, right. 
And again, she, she's kind of, speak the, to ob- we obviously can't speak to that's her real voice. And I highly doubt that is her real voice. And again, this is the one where I kind of point to and say, like, I, I don't remember how the sub sounded for Chinami, but this is one where I'd say I, it's worth it to switch over to the sub to listen to because the dub is not doing the character as many favors as she should be. Although I, I'll give her major credits for when she shoots down um, uh, Mitsuo the first time he proposes. That that did <laughs> lead, that, that was a good delivery. I'll give her props for that. That was fun. No, yeah, but I think not, the way Gigi describes it, I think, yeah, it, it sums it up, honestly. Like, she has... Oka has good moments. Caitlyn does have good moments. The problem is she has to keep the high-pitched tone of voice very consistently. Mm. And trying to emote through that can be a challenge. Well. It's hard, fam. It's a hard-knock life. You know who else has hard-knock life? For us. Annie? Linda's had a pretty hard-knock life. Oh, yeah. Oh, Linda. Mitsuo. I mean, Coco's knocked him on the head enough to have a a (laughs) hard-knock life. She beats the shit out of him with roses episode one, so. I mean, you know, got to do what you got to do. Let's talk about these these good characters. Uh, our good buddy Mitsuo, who is, um, well, Coco loves him. I wrote, he doesn't love Coco. I wrote down Mitsuo in parentheses. Coco's squeeze. That's about right. It's about right. That's about right. Mitsuo has a lot of identity crises during this anime. Um, he's playing- oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> He is also, like, early on, I made the comment to Andrew of, like, Coco's such a disaster bitch. And then partway through, I think when they first have, like, when Mitsuo and Coco have their first, like, actual argument after things are settled between their relationship. It's when they're in golden time. It's when they're in golden time. They're checking out the film club. Yes. I think she is already dating Bonri at Mm -hmm. the time. Yes. And they're basically just antagonizing the shit out of each other. I just look at Andrew. I'm like, oh, my God, Andrew, they are both disaster bitches. They're also terrible for each other. They're also horrible for each other. Two alphas don't make a good a good example. Um, but he's played no. by Gigi. Adam Gibbs. G- are you saying that they're both tops? Yay! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Um, and and then we have Linda, who, unbeknownst to everyone, is Tadabanri's best friend from basically ever. And he unfortunately forgets all about her when he goes to college. But he was in love with her. And she is the last twist in the episode, you know, I mean, the last twist in the anime suggests was also in love with him and hiding it poorly mm. this entire time. Mm. Um, so I, I, I argue that me and Jen had an argument about whether she actually had mm. feelings for him or not. Mm. Well, we'll, Anyways, we'll get to that. Uh, no, yeah, she does. Anyways, she's she played by melissa milano linda is played by melissa milano um she has been uh, mamiko in monthly girls nozaki-kun yukino in my teen romantic comedy snafu and kitanaga and how clumsy you are miss ueno i mistakenly thought that this was the the older sister and domestic girlfriend it's not no. her <laughs> See, I do this a lot. No. Okay. I really no, I really thought I, it was okay. her. Hold on. All right. And then Adam Gibbs. Okay. So I have heard wait. Melissa before because I'm like, Mamiko. I'm like, oh, wait, that's the manga character, all isn't right. it? All right. What were you saying? Uh, Adam Gibbs, we all know and love. Adam Gibbs is Steph's vanilla boy, Rookie, from Diabolic Lovers More Blood. He's Fuck also yeah, he is. my boy, Ryoma, from Love Stage. And he's also Get Out in the Hallway Boy, Anzai. <laughs> 
from Devil's Line. <laughs> yes! Let's bring back yeah. that joke. Yeah, this is a Gigi episode. You can get that show for like 12 Listen, bucks now. Listen, if, if, if Shoujo Trash is involved and Gigi's attached to it, we gotta bring up more Shoujo Trash because we fucking can, alright? Look... We are, it's clearly obvious that I watch different shit than everybody else. So yes. this is what I do. No, no, no. I gotta say, I gotta say the biggest twist, more so than everything going along with Linda, which by the way, being Linda is suffering. <laughs> being Linda is very suffering. He's not wrong. She's a sweetheart. She's doing her best. She really, oh, she actually gets a really raw deal. Bless her heart. The biggest twist than everything going along with Linda is that Mitsuo actually spent most of the show as a blonde. I thought that was going to be a one-off thing. He went the entire rest of the show (laughs) blonde. I did not think that was actually going to be a fucking permanent. So, change. so, 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 would you say that he, really he was didn't. legally blonde? Oh wow! Cancel that Noah! Cancel good. Noah! Cancel! No, I <laughs> like it. Okay. We gotta cancel like Noah it. again. Nope, I like okay. it. Okay, okay. What's Jenny's number? Eight six seven five three zero nine. Everybody knows that, Andrew. <laughs> I'm JJ. Oh, I'm God, so glad we were I, I on the same that page. Thank reference, you. you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> he, he went to his phone and he almost was about to start dying. Uh, well, we didn't. That. No, I realized. Where, I realized where he went with that. That was a fucking "My Life as a Teenage Robot" reference. No, no, it wasn't. That's, that's the name a, of a that, fucking that, song by Tommy Two Tone. You that's asshole. That's a one-hit Wonderland song. from the uh, yeah one-hit wonder song from the eighties. How? Oh, I thought, how I thought young you were, are I, I you? You were doing the teenage robot thing. Wow. Hashtag Andrew is over party forever. We're back to Andrew's over now. Yeah. Oh, fuck off. Okay. So- <laughs> I'm, go- I'm gonna go pee. You guys talk. God damn it. Good. We'll let him go pee and we'll talk shit. So, uh. All right. That's fine. Well, let's start talking shit. All right. So, Mitsuo, who's my best boy. We are going. Sorry. Mitsuo, who's my best boy in this anime. Is anyone surprised? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Mm mm. Mitsuo is the best. You know, I, I'm up and down with Adam Gibbs acting wise. Like sometimes I think mm-hmm. he sounds like really one note. And in mm-hmm. this fucking anime, I thought it was so damn good. I was like <laughs> I was like, what? It's, I was like, oh the, the shit, that's Adam Gibbs. Like mm-hmm. the first word it's the out of high his energy mouth. in this show. You know, but Mitsuo is such a fucking rough character. I'm cursing a lot and losing my voice at the same time, so whatever. Yeah. It's um, fine he's really like a he is a disaster like he doesn't know what the fuck he wants when he does Mm -hmm. think he knows what he wants like it's not happening for him like nothing's really going his way he's getting fucking stalked like (laughs) how can you not go a little out of your mind and like like this is the progression of mitsuo's character he goes to a brand new school to get away from this crazy stalker girl who thinks that they're well it wasn't just that it it, no it wasn't then it was and then oh no 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 hold Hold on, there's more to it. I'm going through the progression of events in, in the course of the show. And then he has a crush on this other girl. And then by sheer antagonistic push by the crazy stalker girl, he's like, hey, go out with me. And he gets fucking denied. denied. And then he's all depressed and shit, dyes his hair blonde <laughs> to get over it for some fucking reason. Starts an OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> He pretty that, much does. Oh, Takes a that, job essentially as like a goddamn like, Chippendale dancer. 
He's not. He, mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. I was about to say stripper, but that's he doesn't go that not far. the correct thing I'm looking for. Chippendales. And then fucking, he develops a crush on goddamn Linda. We ran and, out of girls in the cast. Oh, God, he's a disaster. Well, the thing is that he doesn't just go to the school, the new school to get away from Coco. He's also trying to break from the rut of being in the same uh, kind of prestigious school that, he's, uh, that his parents have had him in since he was a young kid. He's like, you know, I've gone to uh, the rich elementary school, rich middle school, rich high school, and I could have kept going to the rich college. But he also said that before he mentioned. Yeah, that but that—that's a key part of his character. I think we all know the real reason why he left is to get a, as far away from Coco as possible. No, but I think that's valid reasoning because Mitsuo changes so much yeah. throughout the course mm-hmm. of this. He's having the true fucking college experience, yes. honestly, more oh, than yeah, anyone really else, right, and that's why. Honestly, yes, he is. He has the he's having the realest college he, experience that anyone could fucking right. ask for, and that's that's what. He's even getting quote unquote hit on <laughs> by his guy best friend. I say quote unquote because Bonri's trying to save his ass from this girl trying to hit on okay, him. Okay, that was like that the, was the ah uh, my little okay, pocket size. Okay, I have boyfriend. thoughts on Bonri, but Bonri's a good boy who can think on his feet. Oh yeah. Like the fact that his first thought was, "How do I get this girl to stop hitting on my buddy? He's uncomfortable." Okay, dick sucking <laughs> mode. <laughs> hey boo. <laughs> I was a shepherd oh, and I was a nun. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was good. See, that was like that was... the epitome of like good parts of the. Dub. It was good. It was good. Comedy. No, yeah, that and was again, great. And again, that's why that's how I related to the domestic girlfriend show because there were like little bits in domestic girlfriend where the characters are like acting out these weird scenarios in their head and they get over the top in the acting and man, we we needed more of that in this whole show. But of course, that would that would have cut judging, into the melodramatic jumping off the bridge time. He's a good boy. Oil and water with Coco. <laughs> like, but here's the thing. I know Coco was obsessed and latched dearly. My God, it is a good thing those two did not work out. That would not have worked. So the thing uh, anyway. I love about about Adam's performance is that Mitsuo has to be a little mean uh, near the beginning of the show because he is finally, yes. finally telling Coco off, saying, you know, this isn't going to work out. I just want to be friends. You need to stop being a stalker. And you don't hate him for that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't hate how honest he is towards her because you get it. You get where he's coming from. And I like that Adam doesn't give him like a a really mean, gruff voice to go with it to show how upset he is. He has a very believable, we were never together, it's not going to work out, you need to move on. He's frustrated. And yeah, and that's so. that's why I give Adam props in this. And also why I, I think that him breaking away from his rich upbringing to where he is now is so important to his character because he's finally becoming his own individual and not just going with what he's been taught and told to do all of his life. So yeah, Ad- Adam got mm-hmm. this character, I felt. Right. No, I agree. I do think that, and here's my backwards opinion, probably. I think Adam started out the strongest of anyone. I think as it went, I think as it went through, it kind of like, and this is also to Mitsuo's character because Mitsuo kind of like backs off towards the later part of the anime. Mm -hmm. I think as it, it gets later on, like he, 
it like it starts super high like it starts at like a 10 and then it slowly slopes downward. Well, they didn't really have much for him to do at, no, after yeah. a certain point. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad th- yeah. I think that, yeah, that he peaked early. He did. You're right. I'm not saying that it's worse, but I'm no, saying is that it kind of while Adam Gibbs starts out super high at the beginning mm-hmm. as the anime progresses, it kind of like goes into this middle area where I feel that mm. a lot of the other actors started. Mm. But that I, I doesn't like it, that... have as much to do with his performance as it does have to do with the character. However, that, right, because he that... doesn't have anything else. Okay. He has no driving conflict aside from uh, he's trying to get to with Linda uh, near the right. from the middle to the end of the show. And that scene was really good. Yeah. And, and then it just kind of like petered out into nothing. Are you talking about I like the scenes where he's trying to film the Are you talking about the scenes where he's trying to film the um the festival club and we kind of see him uh, grappling with not being able to make progress with Linda? Yes. Yeah, I, I can see that too. Like it definitely mellowed out, but it did in the show too. Like yes. if if you tried to keep that same uh like you were saying 10 out of 10 level of acting in those scenes, it wouldn't have fit. I would think in terms of consistency with their character right adam is the strongest he retains the consistency of his performance going with the character progression if that makes sense you know how we're saying like the beginning there's it's very difficult in the beginning for a good portion of the performances and adam is is like like day one like up there he's like (laughs) perfectly acclimated and is perfectly fine he still remains consistent in terms of performance throughout the show Mm-hmm. But again, we're also taking into account that the character is mellowing out and chilling out a bit more. So I think what Gigi's saying is that the entire performance is not bad. It's just part of it is he starts really high, but that's because where the character is. But it does kind of slowly kind of peter out as the show goes on. I mean, that, I... Does that sound accurate? Mm-hmm. Okay. You see how that makes sense? I'll leave yeah. it at that. I'm just going to say the penultimate episode, he genuinely made me cry. Yes, he did. Aww. Like, uh, like his, He was tearing up. I act- was losing it, but he was tearing his, up. Uh, his genuine, like, friendship. Here, here's what I think. I think I don't always have an issue with the just talk already stereotype that comes with, like, mm-hmm. the uh, dr- dramatic rom-drama shows. Melodrama, yeah. I think this show had a couple of times where it was like, okay, seriously, what is the actual issue? Just fucking talk already. Mm -hmm. Though I acknowledge in hindsight, some of that issue is it's kind of hard to open it up to your immature college friends that you are based. You basically have a social like dissociation disorder and Mm -hmm. you are losing your mind. That's a hard thing to open up about. But I feel there was a couple of times where it's like, okay, seriously, just tell Mitsuo. Just yeah. tell Mitsuo. Mitsuo is a good boy. Mm-hmm. He should fucking know this stuff. Why aren't you telling Mitsuo? Let Mitsuo know! But again, it comes back to what Bonnery's going through. I recognize that. So, but it's also, even though we're yelling at the screen for him to tell Mitsuo and everybody else... It's like Jesus fucking Christ. It, it's mentally for Bonnery, it's a huge thing entirely for him anyways Mitsuo is a very good boy a disaster heterosexual piece of shit I'm we glad I'm I'm glad he's not with Coco in this I house love, we stand I love, Adam, I, I love Adam Gibbs I think he's a fantastic performance why. he gets everything that Mitsuo needs to be and he does it in perfectly. this house we stand Mitsuo 
We... So what do we well, talk about Linda? Well, in this Linda house, we stand Linda, who did nothing this wrong. This is true. We also stand... In this house, we stand Linda 2D. <laughs> we <still have>. Maybe <laughs> all right, all right, you stand in bitches. in there. Okay, so let's talk about Melissa. Okay. Let's talk about Melissa. Okay. I'm going to let you guys talk. <laughs> all right. Oh, okay. So, when you know, Gigi, you were saying before that you thought that Kira Vincent Davis's Nana was the most natural sounding of the cast? I did say that. So, I, I wrote down that I thought Melissa was actually the most casual sounding uh, beca- because, um, and this is definitely because she's contrasted with Coco and Chinami, and then we meet Melissa, we meet Linda as the third girl in the show, which I thought was leading up to, like, okay, there's gonna be, like, a three-way tie for which girl he's gonna get with, and that becomes a two-way tie, but Melissa is really natural-sounding, slightly muffled, but the kind where I could not see her in the booth, like, in direct contrast to Caitlin, Melissa is just, like, it feels like she's just talking. She's just being herself, the casual, you know, jeans-wearing friend that you had in college who you could sip cappuccinos with while talking about how much that philosophy test sucked. And that is good. I like that about her, which is why I also stand under the umbrella that stands Linda. So let me let me ask you this, because I'm going to bring up a counterpoint to that. I agree okay. that she sounded very casual most of the time. During the melodramatic scenes... Did you feel like she was acting enough? That is where she she unfortunately falls. Bitch made me cry. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, it it, um it take. Here's the problem: is that when she's ecstatic, when she's um you know she's breaking down in the earlier episodes, she's still at that five out of ten energy. So Mm -hmm. I didn't quite feel it, especially when um like we have the flashback scene where. She meets Tata Bonri right after he's kind of broken out of the hospital. She's got a flashlight and she says, you know, I'm, uh, I was trying to send a message to a friend who I can never see again. That part, Which, I didn't quite God, get the emotional part. It, it hurt. It did. But it wasn't up to the emotional level I think it should have been. But to answer your question, okay. Gigi, the second to last episode, though, yes, she pulled, she, she like, she revved up full even rude style motor into what it needed to be on the emotional level that part i got like she was not casual there she was ugly crying which is exactly what the scene called for okay so that's that's where i agree because i don't think that in the high octane emotional parts until the very end i just Mm -hmm. i didn't get it i don't agree I honestly see both sides. Again, you can't do that. You consider you are not allowed to do that. No, shut up. So it goes back to the first few episodes. The first handful of episodes are very rough in terms of the dub in general. That scene specific to that flashback with Tata Bonri breaking out of the hospital is among those episodes. And yes, I can see a bit of the issues there. However, I can see throughout the course of the show, Melissa got into it a lot better, a lot more, to the point where I will go with Noah on this and say by the end of it, she was one of the more natural sounding to me. Second to Kara in this case, at least to me. Um, And like, there are occasional moments throughout the course of the show, once we get through that early rough patch, where it still has those moments where it seems a little bit Janky, I janky seems like a fair way to describe it. A little it. janky at, at on those occasions, but like 
I, I just said this a second ago. Bitch made me cry <laughs> by the end of it. Because I 100% felt that she was frustrated. That she yeah. was just so emotional and it just overtook her. It's like, why are you saying all of this? Why are you blaming yourself? Why aren't you going after her? Why are you saying it's over? And mm -hmm. I can feel that frustration and that emotion from her that it just really hit. <laughs> and there, there, there's you, that part, you, there's a part of uh, of Linda's personas that, she, you know, she's lost a friend and she's kind of had to yes. suppress the memories that, the, the good That's memories. exactly one part of the character that you have to remember. Yeah, so I feel like the the casual nature of it, the uh, her thought of I've consigned it's a myself forced. is not. I wouldn't no. say it's forced. I, I'd say it's I. She's, she's consigned herself. She she is forcing herself to kind of be okay with it. There it is. That's that what is I true. Clarified. She That's is forcing true. herself to have a brave face yes. and basically just not break down and fucking mm -hmm. cry. Like in con yep. yeah, in contrast to Coco, like Coco says exactly what's on her mind at all times and is detrimental to her relationships. But Linda knows that if you let emotions eat you alive, you can't function. So she, you know, she like you said, she buries that down, puts on a brave face, but still functions. It's like you were saying, Andrew. She is the only one in the cast who I can see actually making it through law school. I'll also say this. If you want to know when I think I personally clicked with uh, Melissa's performance, mm -hmm. I'd say it's the flashback when they're spying on her brother's fiance's oh, cheating. Oh boy. I think I didn't know where that episode I don't know where that episode was going. I I thought that was an odd episode, but I think yeah. overall that's the moment where I realized Melissa's dramatic chops were really sinking in and really starting to grow and I feel it only yep. escalated okay. further as the show went on, especially like it, like when he realizes they had a relationship and that's kind of eating her away mm -hmm. like when she's basically just bursting out into tears while he locks himself in the bathroom and every subsequent thing. By the way, can I just fucking say, I think the most I've been mad at Tata Bonnery throughout this entire show is when he goes to her and basically is like, forget you ever had a relationship with me. That's yes. the moment I was genuinely angry he with got, that character. He got so upset. Here's my thing. When you guys... We're talking about how Linda has to force herself to not have any emotions, to like force her emotions down. I feel that because this is voice acting, we can't see it in the actor's face because we can't see the actor. All we can see is, you know, an animated character. I didn't feel that she was forcing any emotions. I just I just felt that it was all very casual. And mm -hmm. like I just I didn't get it. I got it a little bit in the episode where she was spying on her brother's fiance a little bit. I got it a little bit towards the end. But there were like like this 22 I think when she's really freaking out with him I'm like yeah that was like sick. I don't know well, at like, that point that's not her hiding it anymore Andrew oh, well true. when I when I watched this the first time I was really torn with whether or not I wanted Bonri to go with Coco or I wanted Bonri to go with Linda because oh, I was team Linda all the way well I was like but Linda has been through so so much like with this right. boy and everything that's happening and mm -hmm. Why would he go with whatever? 
Um, it took me to watching the dub to realize at the end that um, basically the other Bonri was going away. And it, it, it took me to realize that like Linda was sort of saying goodbye to the old Bonri then Mm-hmm. that's where I kind of felt the emotions from it. It was very, it was very subtle change, like in the performance there, but I just, up until the very end, you're always, and like Noah, you were saying before, is she actually in love with Bonri? I think she is. Right. I thought she was, yes. you know, through the whole I think, thing. Like it's, it's, I, it's extremely, I feel like it's extremely, extremely subtle, but I can see it there. I feel like she wants to, you know, you know she's got that. I, no, I 100% believe that Linda did love Bonry. Not in the, but not in the way that he loves her. Like, I definitely believe that there's some emotions there. They're like maybe little embers of a spark there, but it's not the raging inferno that's going on inside of Bonry. You're uh, right. It's not reciprocal. You are right. You're right. I think this has something to do with the English dub because I felt it a lot more mm. when I watched it in Japanese. Gotcha. That, okay. Mm. No, that can that's true that can be a bit of a change but the i mean men are not owed a relationship obviously we're not going to use the dreaded word friend zone or in all of this and i liked the idea that you could have uh, a show depict two people who can remain just friends even if the other one feels stronger towards the other one like which, I, I thought that's a healthy thing to teach people because a lot of once, people don't know that which I'll, I'll agree like once he kind of accepted the the past and like started to actually ask and try to understand the past he doesn't remember Mm -hmm. i actually Mm -hmm. felt him and linda had a really like healthy like friend relationship like i actually like really like that i was like oh well that being said we got to move on i wanted a little more noah you really liked it and you thought everybody else thought casual was the way to go we got to move on yeah yeah let's move to on to the question i want to ask Oh no! You think these two will make it work? Well, oh, me too, and Linda. Yeah. No. No. Uh, uh. They'll be good friends. They'll, they'll be they'll be good friends. They'll the, meet the, in ten years with their own the respective spouses. The implication at the end is there that they do like each other mutually now, but whether or not that's actually going to work, it's up for debate. Uh, I think Linda good, will get jealous of me too. They'll have a they'll have a good fling. They'll have a good year or two, and then they'll become mm. very good acquaintances. All right, we have Coco, who's basically me as an anime character. I will no. I will fucking own up to that bullshit. Coco uh, was a disaster. You are not toxic codependence. Not okay. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's actually introduce these characters. She is. I am. If everyone would shut the fuck up, we keep interrupting. Listen, I will put this fucking bouquet of roses in your fucking faces. Yes. And but did you your, remove the thorns? And ri- no, no and she rip will your not rip out the thorns. Ooh. So Coco's a disaster, but we love her. She's very fashionista. She's super cute. She loves the Eiffel Tower and wants to lose her big V card in Paris, in Paris. that we've so she nicely. She wants Tata's learned. Eiffel Tower. If you know what I mean. <laughs> wah, oh, wah. Yes. Okay, that takes three to get that to work. She's played by Christina Kelly. And then we have our good boy, Tata Bonri, or Bonri Tata, if you're a dirty American <laughs> like me. Um, he is. Tata Bonri! He's our protagonist. He don't remember shit. So he's a hot fucking mess. He's played by Mike Haimoto. What up? 
All right. <laughs> Yay! All right, Christina Kelly. You may have heard her as Best Girl in Food Wars, Alice, uh, as Roha <laughs> in Real Girl, or Loki, and is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Who, side note, I also thought was somebody else. I thought she was um, the undercover slut from School Live. It's not her. <laughs> no. No. Oh, oh God. That's. Um... I know which undercover slut you mean. It's not her. Uh, it's ah, Cynthia no, Martinez. No. Thank you. That's Cynthia Martinez. Well, I don't remember things. Besides, both Just their names like start Tata. with a C. Anyway. <laughs> Mike Kaimoto plays best boy Kaoru and Tada never falls in love. Best boy uh, Ushio, yeah. an actor's songs connection. And yeah. I've, I've never seen Run With The Wind, but he'll probably be my best boy, Akani Kashiwazaki, in Run With The Wind oh, anyway. You're gonna, he, he, I don't think he'll be your best boy, but you're going to fucking love him. He okay. is a prince. He, he, he is a prince. I'll, I'll stick yeah. by that. But by the way, by the way, uh, Gigi, we, we can't be friends anymore because the, the the best girl in Food Wars is not Alice. It, it is Megumi, and I will hear nothing to the contrary. Megumi is nowhere near best girl. Best girl. I'm gonna is be Alice. honest. I kind of see both camps. I you... see both camps. Uh, look, look. We already had this debate with B stars. When it comes to best girls, I'm right and Gigi's wrong. Mm, we'll see about that. That's not how this works. That is not that, how this works. I feel do, like do not, you do you kiss your wife with that mouth, sir? All I said was I, I like the good pigtail girls. Okay, uh, no, no, and no. Alice is not you that. You said that she's right, she's wrong, and I'm right. You kiss your wife with that mouth, good sir. You all right, tell uh, that to Jenny, and then she kicked her ass. All okay. right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So let's talk about Tadabanri and Coco because we gotta, yeah. get, we gotta we can't get through talk this. about them separately. They need to be well, talked about we're together. Talk, we're gonna talk nah. about whatever we want to. So, so uh, let me let me get this out the gate. Is that yes? Again, first seven episodes. It's rough. Yes. And I say that with love, but it yes. is it is rough. Now, episode three, when Tata Bonri starts talking about his backstory, it gets better. Coco yes. gets better. Everyone starts to get better. By episode seven, where they have, I think it's called, whatever episode is Masquerade. That's where. Number it, seven. Thank you. It was seven. I was right. That's where it turns. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. this is how we're going to go from now on. I can ride I can ride this train to the end. Um, I can fuck with this. So <laughs> you you have to remember, though, throughout this whole fucking anime, that Tata Bonri has fucking amnesia and like disassociative identity disorder. So yep. not yep. not. Which only, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, not only is he Tata Bonri, he's also old Tata Bonri, and they are fighting yep. for dominance in his brain. Yeah, while amnesia is supposedly the prominent diagnosis it's not actually the case he yeah. is quite literally dissociating and losing yes. his memories because of a traumatic experience he did because he fell off of a fucking bridge so that, that was a lot of blood so this boy's losing literally losing his mind like literally yes so please oh yeah please, he, he has a pixie song you have <laughs> you have to you have to take that into consideration when you're talking about this mm-hmm. performance because there are yes. a lot of different levels that mike goes and where tata has to go um yes and i think and the other interesting thing i'll add to that kind of jumping off you for a second Tata Bonri and Ghost Tata Bonri sound different. Yes. I don't think they do. I was going to mention that, that I wish that Ghost Tata would sound different than regular Tata. 
I yeah, I, I agree with Gigi. Um, what, one thing that I'd compare it to is um, back when we talked about uh, Yurlai in April, the main character had his regular voice, and then he also voiced this, like, demon cat that was, like, a personification of his alternative deep inner thoughts. Mm -hmm. And that sounded different enough from each other that you could almost not tell they were the same actor. But with Ghost Tata and human tata they sound similar enough to each other that they didn't sound like there was an attempt per to make them uh, okay, different okay. Per personally, okay, okay, okay. personally i will admit i lean more on andrew's side of it i think it's distinct enough they do sound very similar but i think ghost mm. tata has a bit more subtleties that i think works very i well. think it's a it's like a deeper much more somber register yeah. i think it's okay I, it. I think it's okay to say that you don't think it sounded distinct enough but to say there was no attempt i think is legitimately false but do you think that ghost tata had it different because ghost tata doesn't have lip flaps no, no, I don't think. I think no, they really. No, Ghost Tata had lip flaps. Not as much as regular Tata. I mean, not, not as, as much, much, but that but doesn't change. He only things. no. He only had lip flaps when he's uh, he's actually interacting with. He, he's like yelling at Flesh Tata. Why you moron? Why would you get with this girl? Why don't you get with Linda? I curse you. Rain for all eternity. Rain for all eternity. Po a pox on your house, pox <laughs> on your cow. Absolutely, yes. that's what. That's that's yes. how. Death. That's how amnesia works now. I feel okay. that Ghost Tata is a lot more bitter and a lot more angry and a lot more jaded. Yes. I also, yeah. but I felt like this he sadness. Start that way though. No, I felt like this sadness from the performance of Ghost Tata that I didn't really yeah. get from regular Tata. So I felt the sadness, but like in the vocal changes, I just thought that maybe there sh could have been like something a little a little different so that you could tell so, who's actually so, talking. So what you're saying is the diff the difference in emotion between the two Tadas is there, but the distinction of tone of voice is not. Okay. Yeah. And you, I'm, okay. I could see that. You, That's which you need to that. be fair. Yeah. And to be fair, Mike is not supposed to act really exuberant in most of his monologuing because he's, kind of a little emo boy who lost his memories and he was he's also not kind a of a emo boy no no not 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 you know he's not face paint uh nine inch nails emo but like, even before he lost his memories he was kind of a whiny little kid like remember that scene where yeah, he's he's a the class bitch. gets the okay he's remember a little bitch crybaby gets like, the t-shirts and, and he doesn't get his name on there now would any normal high school student act the way he did when he found out, oh, there was a misprint and my name is missing. I no, would. No, okay, maybe. But <laughs> it doesn't make... God damn it. D Gigi, did they forget to put your name on the shirt? <laughs> you know, I don't even did... think we got shirts. Was your name so... missing from the yearbook? No. <laughs> so, so, oh. so, like, if if there was a way to describe old Tata Bonry, he's very, he, he's... He's a crybaby baby, but he's so insecure and he's very helpless. He he is. That's he, it's he realistic. He really I'll give fend that. for himself, and that's why he. This is this is partially where codependency is a fucking bitch. The other part of it is Coco. <laughs> okay, but like he's so codependent on Linda. Yeah. Old Tata Bonry, it has a huge codependency problem when it comes to Linda. Mm, I think. The, oh God. Okay. So when do we talk about the? the okay. Oh god, I want to talk about these these character 
I want to talk about these dub portrayals, but I also want to talk about the relationship too. Mm-hmm. So okay, I'll start so, with I'll start with Mike first. I'll start with dub performances first. Okay. I like Mike. Mike's good. I like Mike. Mike's yeah. good. He's really good. I know he, you, you said the first episode he's a little rough at start. I that's that's mostly true about pretty much all the major performances that in the whole said, show. Anyway. <laughs> holy shit! Does Mike get? really good he gets all the sides of Todd Bonnery he gets the goofiness he gets the kind of like fun loving like sort of like vanilla boy feel he's got really (laughs) tragic like emotional baggage he's fighting with he's dealing with genuine anger lashing out romantic pains you have literal losing mind like dissociating freakouts that are scary you see him literally regress into his older self and it's honestly scary. in terms of characters and their emotions and complexities tata bonry has the most complexity because of all of these oh, facets by far. And emotions oh, yeah. that he has to feel yeah, he has to go, like, very high energy one second and then just, like, subtle, like, quiet the next. He has to go angry in another scene. He has to go full-on fucking gay for me so it would one bit. Like... Which is not that hard. I mean, I mean if you've seen <laughs> the guy. Know. You're correct. Have you seen that, Speedo? <laughs> I... I... But my point is... My point is, in terms of performance mike has to go through all of these levels not he not he not only has to distinguish like ghost tata with real like living tata like current tata but current tata has like a shit ton of things to work through too and i think because of that like even though it was a little rough in the beginning like mike's performance i think is among one of my favorites because he has so many levels he has to work with honestly and they come out very well you know i i think what he does really like the best well he does the best for a lot of things but there are three that i want to touch on (laughs) the first one is um when he's fucking angry when tata bonry's fucking angry at coco when he's yelling at coco in her bedroom after she crashes the car the accident yeah yeah i think he's really fucking good there um Mm -hmm. just because I mean, how do you do that? Your girlfriend is like crawling all over you and like hitting you and stuff like that. And how do you how do you calm somebody? And it's it's hard. Yeah. Like so, you just don't put up with her shit. Well, and especially when Coco was fighting back. And Andrew mentioned this earlier. Like you're the last person to be telling me to like fucking deal when you can't even accept your own shit. Well, Which he then lashes out, being like, "You're the one who told me to forget my past." And the reality is, she recognizes she fucked up saying that. She was just really angry hearing he was still in love with somebody else. Right, and I think that when they're fighting, like it's a lot of emotion that comes out of mm-hmm. it, and oh that made God. me very happy. Yeah. There's a smaller moment that I really liked. It's when um, they're on the way to the beach and they're stuck in the parking lot and Bonri grabs Coco out of the car and they go run around in the rain outside. That, that is so one of cute. the cutest, sweetest moments in the entire show. And it's such a it genuine was... making the best out of a bad situation where yeah. it's like, you know what? We're, d- we're dressed to prepared. I'm going to wear the Speedo. You're going to show off that cute top to me. We're going to run around in the parking lot in the rain and we're going to have fun. Yeah. And it was one of the most genuinely pure, sweet, adorable mm-hmm. moments. 
immediately that, that is followed literally... by like the biggest gut buster moment in the entire show. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So don't, don't sleep and drive, people. Yeah. And I've, what was, I've what done was, that. What was the third? What was the um, third one? The third right? one is, um, I believe, like right before he decides that he's he's gonna go in the hospital, and just like the pressures of Bonri and his anxiety medication. And I felt that that portrayal, because as somebody who has anxiety, um, that yeah. was pretty fucking real. And I lost my shit during that. And I was like, yeah, that's it. You just want to fucking yell and scream and cry. And you don't give yeah. a fuck. You can go run out in the middle of the street and be like, where the fuck am I? Like, who am I? Like, what the fuck mm -hmm. is going on? Because you don't know how to control or bottle up those emotions you can't they have right. to come like fucking spewing out of your mouth and through your body right. and I think mm -hmm. like that part that Mike did was fucking like sorry I'm cursing but I thought it was <laughs> like, a very you can't, you can't help it at this point it was a very cares, raw portrayal of it Yeah, and I was just like oh my god my heart like <laughs> Like, I was like, oh, so. I've been there. I've also been in the moment when you're running around in the rain, but I kind of feel you more here. <laughs> like, like. And, that, and that that scene, like that, that part right there is why I feel like your your description of the show is mostly about a guy with amnesia with bits of romance sprinkled in around it is so prompt because the, that part is stronger. The, the emotional parts with him dealing with his anxiety is stronger than the relationship parts are. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure I agree with you, but I think it's and heavier. Not well, and not just him, but also the art characters, who, especially Coco, which we'll get to in a second, who has a lot of baggage oh, to deal with. Sweet Lord. Like, that's why I was saying, again, early on, like, this show not only handles romance and relationships in an interesting, mature way, it does tackle rather heavy subjects, like amnesia or or fucking disassociative disorder or the trauma of surviving a car accident mm -hmm. there's that there's codependency because good lord when we get to kaga fucking hell um like it, it handles some topics that you don't necessarily normally see handled in a mature way i feel and strangely enough golden time actually i think handles it rather well personally mm. And it's a good thing that those those heavier emotional parts happened uh, near the middle of the show because that's when the dub cast had really gotten more into their stride. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. why it felt the, flatter. Once they hit the stride, those moments really hit. They hit hard. It, it did make. I'll admit that even though I'm, I'm again I'm I'm on the dissenter side about watching the dub or the sub. Yeah. That was that scenes did make me forget I was listening to a dub. I definitely mm -hmm. got immersed into it. Yeah, one hundred percent. They sold it. So. I love Mike Haimoto as Tadabaki. He's the fucking best. <laughs> I really want to go into Christina Kelly next as well. I think it's can, can I just say that on Mike's part, yes, he. You guys are right. He does a really good job on this, and I'm sorry that I haven't heard him in very much before. But it makes me realize how, uh, how good you have to be just to be competent in voice acting. Because like I could easily see, um, like a younger first timer voice actor going into this. And see, see, here's, it's, it's, he, here's the catch. <laughs> Mike Haimoto is still relatively new. 
that's right. So it's, it's easy for us to sit here and criticize like what we like and don't like in voice acting, but it is incredibly hard to be an invisible voice actor, to absolutely make someone forget that they are listening to voice acting. And I want to give yeah. Mike props for that because okay. he, he did. He did a really good job of taking a character who's not, not always like dynamic and makes it a listenable English performance. Good job, Mike. So now we can talk about Coco. I will open. I, disaster, I will open with a joke. Okay. Right. Is this? It's Her gonna be inappropriate. Is she is loco. I said, Oh no! Fucking hell! I don't even know where you're going with this. That's Yarman God. That's like a whole thing in the. That's like a whole oh. thing in the OST. I, I, I'm sorry. I thought you were doing like a T Pain song or something. I did too. <laughs> I was like, I All I do is I win, 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 no matter reference. what. Oh, I thought on. you were doing it's the like, WAP or something. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, Coco is a very interesting character. She's a disaster. She's a disaster bitch. She, but we love her. But here's the thing. She's a disaster bitch. Mm -hmm. Who I genuinely feel for. Mm -hmm. And I also, honest to God, do see grow into a better person too. Yes. And oh, I definitely. Also, I also see like their relate like her and Tata Bonnery, their relationship is not great when they start out. Yes. It's not great. It effectively kind of started out for her as a rebound mm -hmm. that suddenly got very real. Yes. That's what happened. That's what this basically transitions to is that Tata was the shoulder to cry on mm -hmm. guy who was there for her that she thought was really cute she really will love and cherish him and she'll also shove dirty looks at Mitsuo because that'll make him jealous and then it suddenly deepens mm -hmm. and becomes real yep. and genuine and they're both realizing their fucking problems because here's the thing Coco's got some issues so does Bonri mm -hmm. Bonri's got some issues too he's very dis they're very Making a lot of fucking problems with their decisions. Yep. I should go into Christina. Christina yes, is please. perfect. I think she's the she genuinely gets everything that Coco needs to get down. I think she, of course, like everybody else, takes a little time to get there. I yeah. think by the end of this, she gets every side of Coco down pat. She gets the pettiness. She gets the jealousy. She gets the hoity-toity, holier-than-thou attitude. She gets that disaster bitch. She gets the tsundere. She gets the emotional train wreck that is discovering that that she is a mess and learning to try and be better. She gets the drama. She gets the angst. She gets the meanness. She gets the earnest heart of it down pat. She's funny. She's kooky. She's also, in general, just very emotional. She's emotional in that she's angry and petty, but she's also can be sincere and real and really grew a lot as a person and as a girlfriend and partner. Look, I know we made the joke about Legally Blonde earlier, but the fact that we're, we compared Coco to Elle Woods explains a lot. It really does. <laughs> like, it kind of, like, I know we joked, but it's the same kind of character type, really. It clicked. It really does click. I, like, I think the thing is that, like, she is very petty and possessive and clingy, who suddenly learns... She doesn't have to be to have know that this guy loves her. See, 
like the like a good amount of the performances in this show, yes, it was a little rough in the beginning, and it took me a little bit to get into. But I think the strengths that Christina shows with this character, it's not in her obsessiveness. It's not in her stalker tendencies. It's not in her bitchy attitude. The thing with Christina's performance that really hits me, I think, the most is the issues that Coco has with codependency. Because, unfortunately, I have dealt with people and have also been that person who has been codependent. And it's not fun. At You're not going to leave us, are you, Stephanie? <laughs> Please don't leave us. I don't know how I feel about this conversation. Well, I mean, I, I, I know it's not a great conversation. I'm I was like, joking, bitch. Oh, okay. I thought you were being uh, real. I'm like, oh, we, no. we, I think we kind of need to be real when we're talking about Coco. Too. Probably, but like, as someone who 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 has who knows people or has been in relationships with people who have codependency issues, and as a person who long time ago has dealt with codependency problems themselves, like I fully, God, that was too fucking real for me. <laughs> first of all like and i feel very called out guys now, but, i want to ask a question a, a question to you about that stephanie okay uh, about um this show because uh when i started watching it mm -hmm. i got the feeling that they were they were kind of making light they were almost making a joke out of her her codependent attitude like did, did you get the feeling that the show was trying to make almost a joke out of it I got more of the joke of her being a stalker and obsessive pain in the ass. Okay. I, because, I, mean... I got the joke more that of that. But when it really came to her issues of... Basically of, leading on him. Well, yeah, basically using him as his as this crutch, as, as Andrew described it, a quote-unquote rebound, for lack of extent here. Like, and then her realizing that she is leaning on him too much and she needs to be her own person like like don't now have that song stuck in my head <laughs> lean on lean me. on me but, when um, you're not strong yeah hurry copyright <laughs> not long enough for that to hit but anyway like again as someone who has who knows someone or has been in a relationship where codependency is, can be very toxic and yeah. as someone who had to, who grew out of, thankfully, I think, I hope I did anyway. Like, as someone who, who, who has tried to come out of her codependency problems and her codependency ways to try and be in a more healthy relationship. Like, I'll admit, I sometimes worry that I end up, and I, I, I get afraid sometimes where it's like, am I making my current relationship into a codependent one? And thankfully, you remind me that I don't. Uh, Andrew, but, um, like I, it, I have those insecurities in the back of my mind, and those moments, I think, I think that's what really related, like, really sold me on Christina's performance is a lot of the insecurities that Coco does have, um, that Christina does portray very well. There are still moments <laughs> where she's over the top and bitchy <laughs> that sometimes mm -hmm. I don't quite get it. Um, Sometimes, uh, those... but though, but after the first handful of episodes, those become few and far between. Um, okay. But like it, her performance really hits 
on those insecurities that Coco has, I think. I think. Because I'm able to relate to them very strongly. That's why, like, because of the performance, I'm able to relate to those issues very strongly. I, I, and the mm-hmm. fact that I can relate to those, I feel like that's the a huge benefit to Christina's performance, honestly. I think to at least answer your question slightly, Noah, I personally think that, I think they play up some of her poor qualities for comedic effect, but I think, like, the more actual dramatic ones about her as a person and her relationship with Bonnery, they actually do treat pretty genuinely mm-hmm. seriously. Yes. Like, the one that really got me when I realized, oh god, she's learning, she's approving, and they are going, they are actually a healthy couple I want to see succeed, is pretty much after Wake Up Call, because Wake Up Call is literally, as the title says, mm-hmm. where things get real for them, after the whole Wake Up Call thing, mm-hmm. where they had that sort of reconciliation dramatically. Yes. I love, like, when they're actually talking to Linda about stuff with the past casually, and she's learning new things. She has this revelation where it's like, I kind of learned about you. There's things about you I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's things about you I w- don't like. But I love all of you, yes. even the things I don't like about you, because I care about you, mm-hmm. and me wanting to care about you is me learning to accept everything that is you not just the things that are convenient for me right everything about you and i'm like holy shit she's got it i think she's got it it's like hallelujah anyways yo christina's really good and i think she actually gets all of coco down really good coco is a character that like pissed me off but i actually really felt for her and really God, her development as a character is crazy. Mm-hmm. I actually really like her as a character. I think it's interesting that we're exploring relationships like this, even if yeah. they're uncomfortable and problematic, and seeing them work through it. Again, it's it, some of the intricacies of these relationships are things that you don't normally touch upon in a show in a, in a mature setting. Mike, Mike, and Christina carry this dub for me. Period. Mm-hmm. So... I need a drink. I need a. I need a chill. <laughs> he needs so, more. Where can you get a drink? Water. What bar can you get a drink from? Oh, geez. I mean, wow. I have alcohol under my in my cabinets, but the boy don't drink, so. Woof. Uh, <laughs> so, Christina Kelly, like, I was kind of confused by this, to be honest, because. Okay. Um, again, at the beginning, takes about seven episodes to to get into her character. Yes. Um, where. Whereas I feel that Adam Gibbs started out at a 10 and was firing from all cylinders at the get-go, Coco had to fire all cylinders and start at a 10 from the get-go. But my issue in the beginning was mostly that I didn't believe it. Like, Mm. Coco is very bougie, I know, because I am basically Coco. (laughs) So she's very bougie. She's really pissed off all the time. And she's like, when she loves something, she loves something. When she hates something, she hates something. Now, the difference between me and Coco is that Coco is not afraid to tell you that she fucking hates you. And I'll be like, oh, you're awesome. One one of the early points that they make about Coco is she doesn't exactly know how to properly express herself. Exactly. Um, well, how to? That's a huge point in the beginning. Yeah, I was gonna. How to properly uh, differentiate which things she should and shouldn't express? Because she just expresses everything. Right. She's a hot mess. 
But for the that's why she's that's why she's a disaster bitch and why we fucking love her. (laughs) Those listening out there, take a take a shot every time you hear the word disaster bitch in this episode. I know we're almost done with it. You're gonna be destroyed. Rip your (laughs) liver and kidneys. Oh my god! Make it make it a light drink. Make it a light drink. Light drink. (laughs) I I honestly feel that when Coco is crying or having some kind of mental breakdown, that Christina Kelly's freaking fantastic. Mm-hmm. when she does some of like the over the top bougie stuff like I'm just not I'm not in it and I think this again has to do with the scripting and the lip flaps because there's just so many parts where Coco will say Mitsuo but it's drawn out the way in the Japanese where you have to say it in sort of yeah. like a mm-hmm. sing-songy way and I just didn't feel yep. that where the tonal parts went were like the way that they should be and she says I love you and it's really weird tonally and i'm just like i don't know where that choice came from i don't know if that's a choice that i like um but when when christina gets real with coco and when coco realizes she can drop some of the bouginess i think i think that Mm -hmm. that's where she really shines in her performance um but the the towards the end man when she's out there with bonry and Oh my god, my fucking heart. Yeah. That my, hurts. My fucking heart. Wait. I wish we could have had audio when Bonri sees Coco out the car window. Yes. Yeah. I think that would have been a nice moment for Christina. Unfortunately, we didn't get it, so that's not her fault. Um, I, I think like if there wasn't a sound effect there, it wouldn't have been in the dub, too. Yeah, I, I just... Fair. Which... I want I want to love this, so I like I'm almost I'm almost at loving it. Like I just not that it's You're it's at like not nine out of ten, eight out of ten. It's it's not bad. Not even eight point five. Eight out of ten. I, I think I I just I know because when I'm over the top, I'm super fucking over the top, and you can like tell. Like, you can tell when I'm, like, putting on a voice or, like, doing kinds of weird things to <laughs> over-dramatize we, something. We, we've known you. Lo- Luckily, we've known you long enough, Gigi. We love you for it. <laughs> exactly. But oh, I mean, we wouldn't have you any other way. When when she was doing some of these things, I didn't love it. And I'm like, is that yeah. how people feel about me? Like, they just don't love well, it. Well, I feel like I feel like the show uh, the show had the problem of um, some people believe that if you show some characters acting a certain way in a show, that the show itself is approving of that. Like it's showing that this is a, a attitude or a persona that we approve of because it's the main character. And Christina had to express that this is not a character who we you want to emulate. And yes, we're getting some comedic effects out of it because you know she's over the top and crazy, and it's a cartoon. But I don't know. I don't think that the uh, her when she's uh, being more bougie and extra, for lack of a better word, that we were supposed to uh, that we were supposed to relate to not to relate to that. What's what I'm looking for? That we were supposed to empathize, empathize with that. But I almost feel like it was supposed to be played up for comedy, and no, yeah. it, um, in the earlier it episodes, yeah, it wasn't funny. It was kind of trying to do the Torador thing, I think, where it's like, uh, you know, Taiga trying to beat up, what's his name? I, I forget who Ryuji. his name was. 
Yeah, was trying to, you know, you know, beat him up with a big stick was supposed to be like, this is supposed to be wacky, and it, it not, this is gonna get the police called on you, like it probably should have been. So yeah, I, I think the show itself, not the dub, but the show had a little tone problem to get over with. Do, do we make fun of stalker girls? Like, do we get joy out of this? Or do we not do that? And I then mean, the, the, half the show, they the lessened side, off. On the plus side with Coco's character... They got rid of the whole stalker thing pretty fairly quickly, which is good, because if that I mean, was it was part be the of her character development. It was part of her character development because if the, that stick was going to stand the whole show, I would not like Coco as much. She stalked as him I like right. half the show. What are you talking about? She stalked him all the way to that bar and then smacked him in the face. Oh yeah, she she re That's yeah true. she okay she picked it back up for one episode. That's true. That was like full on insecurity and antitrust, that's but the reality true. is Bonri also kind of broke that trust too. I yeah. mean, that's called college. They, they both had valid points, they but they, they both, both fucked fault. up. They're both at fault. That's the and thing. That was like the worst. Don't get... That was like the low point of their relationship where it's like, oh man, you gotta fix something about this. This is not working mm -hmm. for you two right now. Yep. Like, like, seriously, guys out there, if your girl tells you, I don't want you to get a job. I want you to only spend time with me all the time. Don't do that. R run away. Please run away. And here's me. I'm like, go to out, grad school. They were, <laughs> they, they were both being very unreasonable. No, Make me more money. D don't, don't get a secret cross-dressing job without telling your girlfriend. Yes. That's the moral of the story. Andrew. <laughs> all right. Ah! Noah, you got anything to say about Christina Stephanie, Kelly? Or like, are we gonna immediately. we gonna bounce? I would tell you immediately. I'd ask her to do my makeup. <laughs> I, I'm the oh, one I person asked to do anyone's makeup. Thank you very much. Oh, so you're on your own. <laughs> Still better than me. Anyways, <laughs> to, to, to oh. answer your question, Gigi, to, <clears throat> to answer your question, Gigi, I I like Christina Kelly's performance uh, more in the second half than the first half. Mm -hmm. But I want to give her more credit. I, I do want to give her a lot of credit because when she starts out, she has to be this wild girl that could have easily been uh, unlikable. And we know that, you know, she's the poster character, that she's going to be the main character. So if your audience dislikes her from the get-go, it's going to be hard to like yeah. her when she becomes a more well-rounded character. Mm -hmm. So I like that Christina had this assertive, even-tempered tone from the start that's a little bougie but one that could evolve into the sweeter, kinder uh, uh, Coco that we got later on. So, uh, yeah, I, I think she did a good job. And to, yeah, agree with the notion that these two kind of carry the show in and of itself, there's definitely a pitfall that could have come from if these two weren't uh, acted as well as they were, which they, they were. They, they were definitely well worth the listen. Which I will also give major ups to Coco's character as well as Christina's portrayal of her in the last couple episodes because as those like it is simultaneously like heartbreaking seeing her react the way she does but it also kind of dawned on me having like discussions about it mm -hmm. this is a safe this is a defense mechanism right now yeah like mm -hmm. any normal well-adjusted put together person would be fucking losing it if their partner was quite literally dissociating and losing their sense of self. Now imagine being Coco Kaga, who is basically a batshit person who is just almost kind of actually almost a person, having to deal with that. Mm -hmm. 
it was basically her I... way of saying, I have to be this mean and terrible and overdramatic about it. Because otherwise, I'm just gonna break down and fucking lose it. Which... That, that didn't make me not dislike her anymore at the end of episode 21, just saying. I don't disagree, but it's also just my revelation of how this character works. It's like, yeah, this is a safety mechanism. Though I think the yeah. way they, they yeah. went about it with the end of 21, I'm like, what the fuck are you going for? It's, I don't think it's that it, she's gonna mentally break down. It's that she, coming from her perspective, she thinks that, she probably thinks that it's her fault that Tata can't seem to pull him, to keep himself together to an extent. That she's like, the only way I'm going to be able to help him is if I'm nowhere near him. Which, by the way, the level of composure and, like, maturity she had to show when she <laughs> shows up on Christmas and he mistakes her for Oka. It's like, oh, wait, I, I read about this. You're you're Oka, right? And she just kind of smiles and bears <laughs> it. I'm like, oh, my God. Yep. That is development, because mm -hmm. I fully expected her to pull out a package of roses out of nowhere yep. and smack but him no, in the head like she, episode one. She knows that she was this, patient. Is, this is pain and patience, but she's doing her best. Yep. I've actually made that reunion yep. like all the more like, oh god, I actually mm -hmm. want these two to work out. Fuck. Mm -hmm. They're they're disaster bitches, <laughs> but they're my disaster bitches. God damn it. Shot. Shot. <laughs> you're 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 gonna be vomiting and hungover in the morning. Sorry, guys. Jo Ooh. You might as well join the tea club by the end of it. Go, oh my God. I would have so joined the tea club. All right, bitches. They look like fun. Well, let's let's work this out. Let's have our final thoughts on Golden Time. Let's just talk about the dub. I know y'all want to wax yeah. poetic on the the anime as a whole, but yes, God. Let, I'll, I'll All right, go, I'll that's go, fair. Let me go first, and I'll make it brief. So. I'll be brief about the story part. It's a melodramatic romance that manages to somehow be mature when it comes to very interesting, dark and interesting topics. That being said, the dub itself, it's not easy to start getting into. It is rough for almost half of its runtime, which is very unfortunate. Um, but as the show progresses, and I think where it really hits the best is in those dark, dramatic moments where you have a lot of these darker materials and this development in relationships. So it starts out rough. And a lot of people, there are going to be people who are going to be turned off by this. I already sensed the scenting in the back from Mr. No Clue, uh, <laughs> for example. But um, I could be wrong. Uh, but for people like probably myself and like Gigi, this is something you you will like a lot um because this is the kind of shit we love but it will take a little bit of time to get into dub wise do not use the three episode rule do not use the three episode rule in terms of judging this dub it is that's horrible that's a horrible guideline to go by for this but the more you get into it i think it's worth it in the end there are still a good amount of rough patches with some of the stilted dialogue um, and some issues here and there. But by the end of it, it's a, I, I think it's a really fun, uh, fun and meaningful experience, at least to me. And I'm very happy to finally rewatch the show after seven fucking years. Holy crap. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, the dub's not going to be for everyone. Um, but Despite some of the early flaws and some that go throughout, I think it's a fun dub overall. 
Okay. I mean, I'm. I know you called me out as being the dissenter on this. You uh, also the... said yourself you're going to be the dissenter, so. And I, I want to thank you for that because uh, you are absolutely correct. You win the prize because this dub is not one. Is definitely not been one of the stronger ones I've heard this year, and we, we've all pointed that out. And it's not just the the first a third of the show. It's entirely a problem of capturing the balance that the show had mm -hmm. in English dub work. And I'm I, I do believe that it could have been handled better. And I, I don't have you know interviews with any of the cast or the. Uh, behind the scenes to have to find out if they did have trouble with adapting this or if they you know just felt that something could have been improved after it was all finished i'm not sure but i do know that in listening to the dub i've heard better dubs i've heard mm -hmm. better melodramatic dubs i've heard better melodramatic dubs based on jc staff's shows so it but i don't want to disparage the good parts they do because there are good parts this is not an absolutely um uh, worthless dub by no means at all it's just that it doesn't have an i don't feel it has enough consistency in order to recommend it and that really is going to take you out of it if mm -hmm. you're like if you're a little hypercritical on the dubs so yeah. i mean i don't recommend the show itself entirely i i like a different kind of trash handshakers is totally my trash but for this kind of a show if you're into this uh you know if you're into this kind of melodramatic magical amnesia kind of show um, go ahead and give it a try. I would just personally recommend probably watching it in sub. Okay. Please don't kill me. Why would we kill you? Because then I'll become a zombie, and then I'll get amnesia, and then I'll be a sequel to Zombieland Saga, and then it'll just be this whole big thing. <laughs> I've seen I mean, that anime. Go ahead, Andrew. I mean, I mean that's cool. You, are you going to start up a, an idol group as well? Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, let's yeah. go. Okay. Anyway. All right. Okay, so... The emotional roller coaster I've had watching the show was not one I anticipated. Everything I got from the show was nowhere near what I expected. That's why I didn't tell you much about it. I'm, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> but I, I can say, anyway. Gigi, I'm glad I'm here right now watching this for you. This dub, I will definitely say it's it's. I would say the the term janky is what I would use. Mm -hmm. Janky is not what I would consider a a negative per se, mm -hmm. but it that does not mean it is like it does not show its edges. Yeah, there's it's got some foibles, especially with regards to sometimes a little too literal of a English script and a couple of performances that take a lot longer to get into than most. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of like the actual like dramatic like sincere performances really shine through especially in like the the rest of the show especially after you hit like the halfway mark for sure they start shining spectacularly majorly was impressed by both mike haimoto and christina kelly especially with the work that they were pulling off with uh with tata bonnery and coco kaga I think this is not a perfect show. Okay, sorry. I don't think this is a perfect dub, but I think the show is surprisingly more... I like... Oh my god. You were very surprised at what this show became. I did not expect this was what this show was going to be. I think overall I liked it, but I'm still not even sure what I would rate it. Like, I... I like I said, it was... 
a cute show that became an uncomfortable show that became a very uncomfortable <laughs> show that became an actually kind of satisfying overall package. So I'm going to take a guess. If I had to describe it, if Noah's a dissenting party on the whole, on the show and the dub as a whole, and if Gigi and I, I'm assuming Gigi for the most part loves it. You'll you're find in out. the middle. <laughs> How'd you guess? You're in the middle. It sounds like, okay, we'll just compare me and Noah. You're in between me and Noah basically is what you're telling me. That's not accurate. I don't think I would want Noah in between us. No, you're in between me and Lilac. You're in between the two of us. You're in between Noah and I. You are under neither of our umbrellas. Yes. Okay. You're kind of this middle ground. Noah, you are facing the other way in this scenario. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying. Hell? Oh my god. Okay. Oh, Are you done? I'm done. This was a good show. I'm glad I watched it. I do recommend the dub. Okay. What did I? What did I ever do to you? I do, uh, I don't know what's going on anymore. This show has brought the bitch out in me. <laughs> Apparently, you're all disaster, bitches. All right. Let me Hell just end. Yeah. This. I never did not. I never said I wasn't. So you're right. <laughs> Let we, me. We, all, we are all like newspapers. We got issues. Nah. Ah. You know what, Noah? <laughs> oh yes, I love it. I applaud you. Noah, That's a good one. <laughs> Noah, I've dunked on you a lot tonight. That was good. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. I love you too. Oh love lordy. Too, well, let me just finish this off by saying number one because I promised I would have this conversation in the episode and I forgot all about it. The second OP <laughs> is the fucking best thing I've ever heard, but oh, Noah yeah. hates it because it's very discordant. <laughs> It's like the yes. musicality is very discordant. But if you think about it, it starts it, it starts off very quiet because Coco's like, mm -hmm. this is how I should be with my life and my relationship. Everything should be calm and happy. And then, bam, all of a sudden, all of her fucking shit yep. starts swirling around like those stars and yep. the staircase that she's climbing up. So if you listen yeah, to the musicality yeah. of the song, it's very loud and it's very not in line with what the lyrics are. And it. It becomes it a bit hits chaotic, you. is probably. Yeah. It hits you in this emotional place in your heart where yes. you're like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't I don't necessarily like it, but this is something that's happening in my life right now, and here it is. And then at the end, she's sitting on that fucking bench, and she's by herself, and you see Bonri come up, and his eyes are, are covered, so you don't really know if it's him or not, and he places his hand over hers. And I swear to God, the first time I watched this, they had different <laughs> versions of the OP where she was by herself in some of the episodes. I think I oh, remember she definitely, that, actually. Yeah, there were... Uh, yeah, I remember there were open... The second opening shows her as being all alone in a good chunk of them. Okay, then wow, I wasn't losing really? my yeah. mind. I, the home video yeah. version has Bonri in there, but I think in the original broadcast, that's what they did. I mean, that was what, that was, what was on High Dive, so... I, okay. Oh, is it? So that must have been... Because we were skipping the opening a bunch uh, Yeah, of time, I skipped so. it, too, because I had sure to get through were. it. Um, yeah, same. It, it did, that <laughs> same did stand out. Be, I did not know... I did not know that. You're right, Gigi, really cool. because... It is interesting when a romance anime, you know, first opening is the first two the two main characters dancing around in, you know, rainbow Sunshine, splotches. Rainbow and then you've got the second opening where, where's the lead guy? Why is it just the girl that, all by I herself? I think that's the whole main thing with the contrasting openings. Like, you have the all sunshine yeah, and rainbow thing, but then when you get to the second opening, it's like the the, visuals are this heartbreak the and the swirl of emotions that you actually go through the in a relationship. The heartbreaks, the hardships, mm -hmm. and the true, true... It's just everything spiraling just not a out thing. of control. That's exactly I mean, I, the point of that OP. 
I mean, if I was going to do that, uh, I, I would pick like, um, okay, what, what, um, I would pick like an Ali project opening, you know, like the Shigo Fumi opening as like, this is chaotic, atonal kind of music that matches the emotions. Did you just suggest Ali project? Of course I did. I yes, see, I am from the I 2000s. Can see it. I can see I it. Can and I can kind of hear see it, it, but I also have, I can kind of see it and hear it, but now I have the opening for another in my head. For another. And now I'm going to yeah. tell you, bitch, fuck no. <laughs> Well, this shows because a little of that. not enough hot topic for Ollie Project. Um, yeah. So true. that out of the Nana way. Nana can't carry it all on her own. <laughs> that out of the way. Um, I love this anime. I've loved it since I first watched it. It broke my heart into little tiny pieces and it made me watch more anime. So for that, I'm eternally grateful. And like I said, when I heard it was getting a dub, I was like fucking crazy about it because I've waited so long because this got swept under Sentai's rug. And I was like, it's never going to get a dub. I'm going to have this shitty two DVD set release forever, subtitled only. Um, and then it got one and I was super happy and I found out like Mike Himoto was in it and I was like holy shit like I was just talking about him and now he's the lead in something like this is fucking great like I'm so excited um, and I'm I'm so sad that like the first fucking seven episodes are just so rough and it like eats me up inside because I really want to love 100% of this and I just something about the writing the directing the acting it's something about just that first part it hurts like it literally hurts to watch it and i was just like please let this get better please let this get better but but to to get to the main point of it do you think that's because they were just getting used to the material or do you think that the show itself was just that disjunct no i think even if they were just getting used to the material, it shouldn't take them seven episodes. Right. I'd give them three, maybe four tops. Like something was Mm -hmm. really off in that first batch of episodes. And I don't know what it is. I mean, I know what it is, but I don't know why it is and why it, (laughs) why it got, why it got better as it went on. I will say that. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the emotional, parts of the performances the way that certain things were acted especially um for tata for coco for the the comedic value of some of the other characters like it took a long time but when it hit the stride i think it hit the stride it wasn't perfect when that stride hit but it was Mm -hmm. it was something that i wanted to listen to Whereas okay. I was really missing Yui Hori in the first seven episodes. So, <laughs> I mean, I love this show, so I would watch it any way you, throw, you threw it at me. I think I watched this on fan subs back in the day, to be quite honest with you. Me too. Uh, remember those days, people? Yeah. Long Halcyon days before everything was getting simulcasted. <laughs> But I uh, before referring was simulcast and before Crunchyroll became a big deal. Yeah, so like I would I would watch this. However, I I I just I feel so guilty and I feel so sad that I can't one hundred percent love it. But mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. it hits the stride, it hits the stride. So yeah, I would say fuck this. Watch the first seven episodes <laughs> subtitled. And then I res- switch to Gigi, the dub. I respect your honesty. I really respect your sincerity. Well, you know how I am. I'm just like, I got to tell it like it is. And it's in my yeah, shoujo trashy nature. 
I just I want you to really enjoy this anime and all the the garbage that it has to offer. Yeah. So with that being said, and it also will give you a nice comparison for the acting performances of the Japanese voice actors versus the English ones. So oh, definitely, I'd say watch it in subtitles till you get to episode seven and then switch. I don't think I'd ever recommend doing that with any show. I, I, you're gonna watch I, a show. I, usually I would, honestly would never do that. I, I do that all the time. I also, Stick I, to I, one. About to say, everybody has their own way of watching things. So some people probably would go with Gigi's recommendation. And it works just fine for them. So like, you never know. Uh, um, I, I can understand if, if that's the only way you can do it. Like uh, something like uh, Kodacha. You can only watch the first show uh, with a English dub. You can't watch the second half with an English dub. So you would have to watch it uh, in two different audio styles. Or you could watch point, it all in Japanese. I'm sorry. You know what I mean. You know that there, there is no availability for the second season. There is now. I'm in a dub. I'm. I'm. What am I trying to say here? I understand what you're saying. I get. I get you. I, but I'm. It's late I'm at night, gonna... and I've had five thousand shots from these guys saying. I know. Uh, I know. We're we're, we're ending over. this, fam. Don't worry. And sorry, we destroyed your liver. I will be. I, I didn't cutting anyway. lots of this out. <laughs> I feel it already in my bones. So yeah, um, happy fifth anniversary. Love you, disaster bitches. God yeah, damn it! Happy fifth more. anniversary. <laughs> we're we're happy anniversary. We're Dub Talk. You can find us on Twitter, on Tumblr, <laughs> I guess Instagram, the Podbean, Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, the YouTube's at Dub Talk or Dub Talk Podcast. That's what we're on. You can listen to us on the go, or you can listen to us in your baseball. Right now, I'm talking like I'm in the first seven episodes of Golden Time. <laughs> God damn it! Um, but we would do want to thank with special, with special um, past episode seven acting um, our awesome Patreon supporters. So let me go ahead and pull them up right now. Um, you can support us on Patreon if you go to Patreon.com/slash DubTalk Dub Podcast. Dub Talk Podcast. Yep. Pass. And give us money. Thanks. But no, really. You thank you. Tell us episodes to watch. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah, that's right. We are. Um, but thank you so much <laughs> to Crimson Echidna, Michelle Travis, Miraculous Corazone. I'm trying not to laugh. Nico Robin, but with Yowie hands. And Thanks, Vic- Jackson. <laughs> Victor May. God damn it. And Victor May Barada. <laughs> um, and then in our May $10. Borda. May what? May Borada. Sorry, Victor May Borda. I just got handed this list 10 minutes ago. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> and in our t- and in our $10 tier, thank you so much to Carly Lestikow, Jacob Wilson, J2, aka Jared, Marissa Lenti, and Otaku Anthony. Thank you so much for supporting this train wreck. You guys are awesome. We and you all sh- you deserve to be on the O camera. Yeah, O camera for everyone. I'm not shooting your OnlyFans. That's a little weird. Um, I was really looking forward to this movie, the show becoming Memento halfway through when she whipped out the camera. Real real quick for the people in the back, where can you watch Golden Time? On High Dive. Or you can buy it on Blu-ray, despite the flaw on disc one. Despite the slight defect on episode eight, for some reason. (laughs) You eight, can also watch us, it. In... Maybe nine for Gigi. I don't know. Look, if you're just watching it straight and you're not skipping through anything, you're fine. Yeah. True. You can also watch it in sub on Crunchyroll. Cool, uh, Noah. Where I can people stalk karma. you? That's just you fact checking. 
Cool. That's just being responsible and fact checking at this point. Happy fifth cool. anniversary. Yes, it is. Dub talk is canceled. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done. I'm Coco and all you bitches. Where can good. we stalk you on the internet? Check back. Check back in next year where we're going to re. We're going to rebrand this whole podcast to be about now. Uh, something else. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, my name is Stephanie. I'm sometimes also known as Lilac. You can follow me on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review with review being spelled R E V U E. I also have a blog that is in massive need of updating, uh, Life and Times Otaku.wordpress.com. My name is Andrew, aka Classy Spartan. You can follow me on Twitter at Mangaman9000. You can also follow my other uh, anime podcast, Joint Podcast ONA, over on Surreal Resolution, where we talk about the latest and greatest in anime news with fellow dub talk podcast cohort jet my name is noah clue you can follow me on twitter at noah clue where i post uh pictures of my children and like to argue about cartoons from all over the world because there is more animation out there than just the isle of japan but or most, you can find but mostly me my... his kids which are very who are very adorable oh they're sweethearts thank you thank you so much and you guys are amazing aunts and uncles too they're very lucky to have you guys as Aww. part of the big nerd Aww. family god bless and my name is Gigi, and I quit. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Hashtag Andrew is over party. Hashtag Noah Clue is canceled. Hashtag Woo-hoo. you can follow me. Y'all know. And if you don't, well, stalk me. Just be like Coco Kaga. Everything God damn is fine. It. Jesus. <laughs> oh, but listen to my other podcast where we're currently talking about garbage like White Album. Yay! Which no one has heard of. But my boyfriend I've heard like, of it, told but me never to do seen it. it. I've heard of two. Wait, you I mean like the Beatles one. album? No, like the anime white album. Yeah. That's, that's a discussion for another day. Yeah, that's Rap, a thing that exists. Rap I may need to follow now. up on this. Yes, you do. Yeah. Most definitely. No Beatles music, though. That, that sounds sacrilege. Well, but, I know. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's the end. Um, we didn't have any fucking cake for this anniversary. I'm kind of like salty. I'm, s- I'm sorry. It's my the, fault. The freaking freaking tea club stole it all. Ah, uh, those they, they drunk got... bitches. No <laughs> kidding. I mean, you you could try and go get it, but I think you might have to sumo for it, dude. Uh, anyways, so this has been a pu- public service announcement. Don't don't join the tea club. Join Dub Talk instead. Join Dub Talk instead. You can subscribe. You can follow us. You can give us money. Do what you. Thanks for do. five awesome years, people. You yes, listeners are you. amazing, and thanks for helping us get to as of us recording almost five thousand subscribers. Yes, Woo! thank you. We are very close. What are we doing very. for year number six? Nothing. Uh, we'll figure. <laughs> Nothing. We're we'll, going back to sleep. We'll, we'll cross that road can, when can, we get there. Can, can we cover like uh, you know uh, Soviet cartoons instead? You know, no. like twelve months of nothing but Soviet cartoons. No, I'm just no, going to no, do no, a no, whole no. episode on the Harley Quinn animation that you can now find on HBO Max, <laughs> along with many other fine cartoons. <laughs> they ain't paying us. Fuck off. Uh, they're paying me. I don't know that you guys didn't get slipped that check, but you know. Heck, heck no! I'm I being wish. sponsored by. All right, I'm being sponsored by Cartoon Saloon. Go watch Wolfwalkers on Apple Plus, people. God damn it! All Go right, fucking no, watch Infinity Trade if we're advertising cartoons. Fuck. Oh my god. Go the fuck to bed, Jesus Christ! <laughs> You're all fucking canceled. Love your faces. <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> Love your faces. Good night, everybody.